so I go, I sneak up into the green room, right? And I'm by myself. And I, I, I slowly, you know what I mean? That hallway, that green hallway, right? And I open it up, right? And all the furn- all the chairs and tables are like brushed off to the side. And there's th- about eight or nine people in a circle. There's candles all over the place. And they're all in robes. What? I swear to fucking God, dude. They're in robes. And they're chanting, Okay. Then I look, I sneak up a little closer, but I don't want to make any noise because I think that uh, this is what in my head that I thought Mitzi was there. You know, but it wasn't Mitzi. It was Lily Tomlin. Box up your gloves and your down coats. Bound for the sun and the west coast. For upper crust, tragedies abound. A tip for the girl at the coat check. The guy at the door and the far back. They know your face oh so well. How many straight days can you survive on only pretzel-based products? Uh, obviously, they're different food groups. You know, pretzel rods are completely different from regular small like uh, roll gold pretzels, which are different than Snyder's of Handover pretzels. You know, Snyder's of Handover are all the fucking north of the wall giants of the pretzel world. They're all different. How many straight days can you survive on only pretzels? It is, I will tell you, I don't know for sure. It is more than two. Um, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ari Shafir's Skeptic Tank. Before I start, this Wednesday, June 8th, Zanies, Nashville, 7.30 p.m. June 8th, in Zanies, in Nashville. Come on out. Um, doing my hour. And then... Who knows what happens at Bonnaroo, but there'll probably be some sort of secret show. I'm looking like Friday night. Locations possibility? I wish I could tell you. Uh, I'm going to say I would tweet it, but I'm probably not going to want to put anything in writing. So find me. I'll fucking tell you and then spread the word. I'm thinking it's either going to be the cinema tent at like 2.30 or somewhere at the Christmas Village at who knows what time or somewhere in Tent City, like 2.30, 3 a.m., maybe on Saturday night. But Saturday night... That's Pearl Jam night, and that seems like a drug night. I know that Tame Impala is playing Friday Night Late and Blood Orange. I might have to overlap with that. So find me. I'll tell you when it is. It'll be cool. I'll have some cool comics there, and no one will know about it. It's not on the radar. I'm just going to find... Here's what I want to do. I want to find an empty place. I want to find an empty venue and just fucking figure out how to turn the lights on and just be like, whatever time I call it for, it's going to be then. So right now I'm thinking the, the cinema tent ends at 2.20, closes. Why not 2.30, 2.40? Something like that. You know? Maybe three as long as you're doing that. Uh, but then you're going to want to go to Blood Orange till the very end. So then it has to be 3.15. Maybe 3.15. Find me. And then when I tell you, tell everybody. But before that, I'm doing my hour at Zany's Nashville. Also just added... Seattle, Washington, how could I leave you guys out? I'm doing my best to hit all the markets, and I think I've hit them all. I got Chicago on the market. I got uh, Tampa. Dates are up at arithegreat.com. But Seattle, June 21st at the Crocodile, and then I'm headed straight from there to Los Angeles. Couldn't leave you out. June 23rd in the main room. Ari Shafir comes home to where it all started. From Door Guy. Oh, what a perfect time to uh, mention this that date. To headlining the main room, an hour myself. I'll find somebody to open. Uh, we'll see who. Somebody great. Somebody great. Um, come on out for that. Get tickets. Limited amount of tickets for that. 
Um, oh, so, okay. So full circle, let's do it. Um, this podcast is about being a door guy. Bobby Lee's on. I have a few different uh, versions of this. So I already did one with Danish and O'Neill about the kind of time period I was a door guy. Then I wanted one from before me. Uh, so Bobby Lee is going to cover that. This is a door guy at the comedy store. Mitzi would hire door guys to, 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 I guess they're bouncers, but they're not really bouncers. They're door guys. They're all comics, or she calls them wannabe comics. Even though, fucking how rude. We were already comics. We just were beginners. And um, she'd let us seat people, throw people out. And she wanted us to, I'm pretty sure, wanted us to watch comedy so we could get better at it. So we can get closer to our 10,000 hours. And so I, I did one with Danish and O'Neill. I don't know what episode that was. Maybe 100, maybe 150. Um, and I did one uh, now with Bobby Lee. I'm going to do one with Argus Hamilton or somebody like that, an old timer. And I'll do one probably in a, two to three years. I'm going to do one with a, with, a, with a current door guy. Whenever that would be. Uh, don't forget to check out Bobby Lee's podcast, Tiger Belly. On iTunes now. Um so yeah, come out to the comedy store. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by MeUndies, you guys. I'm not lying about this. MeUndies, the boxers, a pair of them they sent me, have jumped to the top of my underwear hierarchy. Guys, you understand. Girls, I don't get what you do. Guys, you understand. You have a hierarchy of underwear. It used to be these Calvin Klein black ones that my ex-wife sent me and bought me. But they've been surpassed. Man, those Calvin Klein ones lasted a long time. They've been surpassed by these MeUndie boxers. And the boxer briefs, who on first wearing rode up a little bit, second and third wearing, fucking perfect. I walk around with them, but these boxers are so fucking soft. They're made of something else, like not, not, uh, not cotton. So if you go to MeUndies.com slash Ari, you get 20% off your first order. It's just underwear. It's just underwear. They got sweatpants too. Um, they got... Uh, oh, the T-shirt they have me, the V-neck T-shirt, that fits good. I wore that a couple times. That fits great. You know, it feels good. I don't know what it's made of, but man, I'm telling you, forget all that. That's all fine if you're into that stuff. These boxers, they're, they're Heath Herring. Um, it's, a, it's an artist um, design, and they're just so fucking comfortable. And they're cool looking. They're the tops. They're tops. They're boss, you guys. So get the subscription or a single pair. Get 20% off your first order when you go to MeUndies.com slash Ari. Uh, shipping's free in America and Canada. You can save $8 a pair with MeUndies subscription plan. I didn't have to pay for them. They sent it to me for free. But saving 8 bucks a pair on underwear is not bad. So thank you, MeUndies, for sponsoring this podcast. And really, thank you more so for sending what is now my favorite pair of underwear in my collection. I had to throw away some recently. It's sad when you get a hole in them and then you're like, I got to throw these out. And then like two or three more wearings and you're like, I really got to throw these out. It's embarrassing. And then finally, you're in a hotel room somewhere and you got to jerk off into something. And your socks, you've been on the plane all day. You don't feel like jerking off into those. So, oh, here's his underwear. I just took off, turn them inside out, wrap them around that cock, jerk off, and then trash can city. Let the maid deal with it. Um, by the way, I went to a Met game with Aaron Berg. Aaron Berg did my, uh, storyteller show. This is not happening. Every Tuesday, new episode, new, uh, uh, story every Tuesday. The Joey Diaz one was last Tuesday. 
Um, on YouTube, if you go to This Is Not Happening playlist, you'll see them all. It's about 80 of them right now. And every Tuesday, another one. Probably around 3 or 4 p.m. Eastern time, a new one comes out. So don't forget to check back on that playlist. Um, you don't have to subscribe to all of Comedy Central's YouTube. It's There's stuff you don't want to see on there. There's stuff you do, but if you want to do the stories, just keep checking that out. Bookmark it. Um, I went to a baseball game. Okay, listen. Here's the deal. If there's a fucking... By the way, I've never been to Shea Stadium or Citibank Field. It's, a, it's the Mets Stadium. Um, fucking beautiful. Really great. Berg bought me a, a sweatshirt. Hey, by the way, the rule is, if the sun is out, there was a clear ruling. Suns versus guns. The Suns versus guns. When the sun is out, the ruling states that guns may if not must, also be out. You're at a fucking baseball game. You're at a baseball game. So I took my shirt off. An usher came up. Sir, uh, can you put the can you put your shirt back on? I was like, what? Yeah, you got to put your shirt back on. And I even told him. I was like, but the sun's out. He goes, I, I, I know, but you gotta, I didn't think he expected, expected that uh, response. He goes, but you got to put the shirt back on. Why, though? Oh, I tell you, Bobby Lee's podcast, Tiger Belly, check it out. Why? The sun's out. He goes, sir, please put your shirt back on. I was like, all right, I'll put it on. But like, wh- when did that become a rule? He's like, it's, it's, it's been a for a while. I'm like, when? When did that become a rule? Meanwhile, it's my first time at Citibank Field. So how would I know? And he goes, it's been about 15 years now. Since the old Shea Stadium, it's, you, you can't have your shirt off. You can't have your shirt off? I mean, maybe in the bleachers. But then Joe List told me, if you look at pictures in the 70s, every dude has his shirt off. Every barbecue, jeans, no shirt. Jeans, no shirt. This just in, according to text, Big J Okerson will be on the podcast next week talking about garbage music. We're going to be promoting Big J's special, whatever it's called, uh, live from something on Comedy Central on June 17th. It's out, so we'll be promoting that, but that's next week. This week, I get to Bobby Lee, but first, why do you have to put your fucking shirt? So I'm like, but the sun's out, the sun's out. It was such a beautiful day, high 70s, sunny, perfect, sun's out, guns out time. And he goes, sir, you got to put it on. I was like, all right, but why? And he goes, are you buying time so you don't have to put your shirt on for another minute or two? I'm like, yes, I am. Let me take And he goes, no, put it on. So I put it on. Fucking BS. And then Berg went to go smoke his cigar, excuse me, his cigar. And then when we're in the smoking section, well, that's, that's a different usher. The, the guns are out. And so then I'm walking. We're going to get some pizza or something. And some usher goes, sir, sir. Like, I'll, I'll meet. I ignored him. I just walked by, pretending like I didn't hear him. Sir. And then he fucking tapped me on my bare shoulder. Sir, please put your shirt back on. I was like, what? Acting like I didn't know. Yeah, put it on. So then Berg, I'm not saying this is why I booked him for this is not happening this year. Because it happened after I booked him and after he did his story and killed with it. But maybe he did it to thank me. Bought me a Mets tank top. So I could abide by the rules. And yet the guns could still be out. So Joe List told me, if you look in the 70s pictures, guys are always out with their guns out, with their shirts off. Dudes are barbecuing. He said, if you look at the pictures of the, let's look at this right now. If you look at the bleachers from, uh, where do the the, uh, Red Sox play? Fenway. Bleachers, Fenway, 1975 day game. He said that everybody had their shirt off. Like everybody, images. 
bleachers. No, come on, man, show the show the field. Well, great, you can't see shit from that picture. Thank you, Google, for fucking it up again. Images. Oh, maybe I'll Google shirts off too. I should Google guns out, if anything. Bleachers. Well, according to these pictures, Joe List was wrong. Seems like you can't find any pictures. You can't find any pictures of Fenway Park bleachers in general, the field of the fans. Empty ones, a bunch of nuns. But that's what you do when you're a guy. You take your shirt off. That's the way you separate yourself from the women by guns being out. Sorry, women. Yeah, I believe in free the nipple. What, am I supposed to fucking suffer just because you can't take them off? Anyway, whatever. So I'm in my tank top. There's a foul ball down the line. We're sitting on the first base side, the outfield. Some guy tries to catch a foul ball. And it's, I mean, it's right on. He's sitting in the front where the railing is. Got to it, didn't make the catch, but it rolled right up his right up his arm. Show me the stands. Bleachers stands. Anyway, they claimed it was uh it was fan interference, the guy said. Fan interference. So they went to the replay, which I don't mind. I don't mind baseball doing that. Yeah, let's have replay, let's be sure. And it looked like the outfielder had a chance to catch it. And it wasn't over the line into the into the stands. It was right on. Like, he probably would have not reached into the stands to get it. They ruled fan interference. Fine. It's out. Okay. We all booed, but we all kind of saw it. The guy probably would have made that catch. And then uh, and then couldn't because uh, his fan reached. But he, I'm telling you, he reached over, like, barely. I mean, like, his wrist was on the line. And his hands were over the line. So whatever, fan interference, okay, okay. Then they threw him out. They came and got the guy and threw him out of the field. And we all chanted, let him stay, let him stay. To avail? Wrong, to no avail. They kicked him out. There is not a fan in the world when a, when a ball is coming at you, a fly ball is coming at you, where you wouldn't go to try to catch that ball. And I'm not saying he had somebody hold his legs as he reached out. He stood up. His fucking elbows were in his stomach. And he went to catch it. They threw him out for that. What the fuck? This is, this is America. This is baseball. That's one of the dreams. Catch a fly ball. That's what you do. It was sickening. It was sickening. You're supposed to be able to st- kick him out. I, I I don't even understand. I was going to say I understand a stern warning, like, hey, don't do that again. I don't even understand that. What they should do is go give him another ball. If anything, yeah, now I'm on to something. Well, here we go. Fenway Park had his large attendance. The crowd was so big. Eh, this looks like everyone had his shirt, their shirt on with, with uh, ties. Maybe it's not the best... Uh, Maybe that's not the best example. Oh, but that's like in the 40s. Um, it's fucking bullshit. Anyway, you guys, I don't know what else we have to promote, but let's start the podcast. Just bullshit. Good, good. A fun, great day.
One of the most boring extra inning games I've ever had, by the way. Fucking 13 innings. Every time they got a runner on base, it was like two-out walk, two-out single. It's like, ugh, this isn't going anywhere. Um, the Yankees are garbage this year. Um, and a day, a beautiful day, ruined, ruined by the staff at Citibank Field who not only have no respect for the ruling of suns out versus guns out, excuse me, suns versus guns, which clearly states that guns may, if not must be out when guns, when, all right, you know what I'm saying. But then throwing that guy out, bullshit. It was bullshit. <sighs> you know what I like seeing? I like seeing lifers, guys who have season tickets who just get blotto. I used to think it was wrong to cut people off in the seventh inning. Beer. I think it's right now. They get drunk. Um, all right, let's start the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, from Tiger Belly, Bobby Lee's new podcast. It's Bobby Lee on Ari Shafir's Skeptic Tank, episode 267. Door guys, number two, starts now. Oh, and by the way, if you do go to the comedy store and you see a door guy, let me reiterate my campaign. Guys, they're poor. They're fucking poor. If you want a good seat, if you want a good seat, especially in the main room, if you want a good seat, throw them 20 bucks. They'll get you a booth. Just throw them 20 bucks. It's that easy. And if you have like an extra nug on you, some weed, those guys are broke and they all smoke pot and they all smoke each other out. If you give it to one, they'll all smoke each other out. So let me start my campaign again. Give a nug to the door guy. Give a nug to a door guy, everybody. It'll make his day. Bring a little nug and say, hey, thanks for seeing me. Here you go. Little nug. A nug to the door guy. It'll make his day. And also, if you have a lead on certain of the drugs that I like at Bonnaroo, um, help me out. And mushrooms in Calgary. Um, all right, let's start the episode. Skeptic Tank 267. Door Guys number two with Bobby Lee starts now. Nice place though. How long have you been here? I've been here for about um, seven years now. What? Six years. Ever since you got kicked out of Polly's place? Yeah. By the city? <laughs> so, no, yeah, the city. The city said, yeah, said, this is illegal. You could die in here. It was and right above I, the hill. It's so tenuous. I understand like, that. I guess it must be okay. Yes, yeah, so, but Polly sure is not the greatest landlord either, though. Or architect. No, yeah, I mean, he would go like, you know, he would be in my house. He would just come in. No, I would like I would be like at the coffee shop, come home, and he's just sitting on my couch, <laughs> and I'd be like, "Dude, you, this is not like your. I mean, cool. I know this is you own this place, but it's like I'm running it, so you can't come in here, dude. It's my place, brah. You know what I mean? And you're like, oh, and then he was charging me twenty five hundred dollars a month or something for that for, little spot. Yeah, yeah. And then the reason why I bought this place is because Dove Davidoff found out that I was paying that much. And he goes, no. He no. slammed me against the wall. He's right? a real estate and, guy. Yeah, and he goes, you're going to buy a fucking place. You bought this? Yeah. Oh, cool. And I go, all right, I will, I will. You know, but um, 
Yeah, it was Dove's idea, but um, yeah, Polly. I mean, I love Polly, but you know, he wanted me to live with not Crest Hill, the place above Crest Hill, mm-hmm. the place that that place was attached to. He was like, "You should live there with Bobby. It'll be fun because you guys hate each other." <laughs> Back then, yeah, yeah. So yeah. then it was like, I was like, "Oh, I don't really want to." And he goes, Why, man? And, and, he, and then he goes, "So it's nineteen hundred bucks a month." And I'm like, "Oh, I I pay a thousand now." And he goes, "It's a Sunset Strip, bro." And I'm like, "I live on the Sunset Strip, right?" I yeah, picked up, yeah. And I don't have Polly Shore as a landlord, and I live by myself. <laughs> yeah. Why, why would I want to pay more to get how many roommates? Just four or five yeah. that you choose. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, "What do you want me to tell you?" I'm like, "Tell me nothing. I've never expressed interest in living in this place." <laughs> I don't know why you think I yeah. would just because you got it in your head that I'd want to. Yeah. And even if Polly Show wasn't your landlord, it's above the comedy store, oh. like above the parking lot. So at like four in the morning, I'd be asleep and I'd hear Ren Azizi drunk. Oh, Come yeah. down here, Lee. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's duke it out or whatever. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's like, I got to fucking get out of here. I remember one time in the main house, um, somebody rented it. And you know, you go there, look during the day, like, what a great view. I'd love this place. And then Brody Stevens is playing fucking bucket drums. <laughs> At two thirty in the morning, yeah, yeah, and then people are like, "Shut up, shut up!" You're like, "You should have done your research, man, because it's gonna happen every night." Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, so don't do it. Yeah. Don't move into Polly's house. Any of them. <laughs> Any of them. No matter where it is. Have you seen Mitzi lately? No, I think I, I. I ran out of time. I was gonna go over there. Fuck! I'm leaving on Wednesday. I'm running out of time. You go over there sometimes? No, I wanted to. When's the last time you saw her? A few years ago. And you went to her house. Yeah. Does she remember who you were? I mean, it's sad. Yeah. Part of me thinks, I don't want to go over there. I don't want to see her like this. I want to see her as that fucking cunt who would who fucking ruin people's dreams. Like, You're not ready. <laughs> Cross it out. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. Light him. Light him. He did that. She did that to Louis C.K. Light him? Dude. She threw up a light him at Louis C.K.? He fucking showcased. I was there. Yeah. He auditions. Yeah. All right. And she goes, light him. Right? A minute in. And I turned to her. I go, Mitzi? He has an HBO special. I mean, because back then he had that thirty that thirty minute HBO special, uh-huh. and he got off after a minute, distraught. And I looked at Mitzi like, "You're the f- a fucking retard." Yeah, but you can't you can't confront her anything to her because she's a witch. <laughs> you know what I mean, dude? I got Hedberg once. His management called in. He's like, "Can he have? Uh, he's there um, Thursday through Saturday. Can he get some spots?" I'm like, "Fuck yeah!" I'm so excited. Yeah, and Mitzi, uh, Mitch Hedberg wants to do spots here. Oh. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. Is he a pay regular? No, I don't know. Man. Yeah. And so she was like, fine, give him two spots. So I thought, okay, fine, Thursday, Saturday. And then she called back, no, fucking Bruce Smirnoff called in, cancel one of his spots. Yeah. So I had to call. Oh, my back and say, hey, sorry, but you, you can't do Saturday. I saw Steve Harvey yeah. walk into the back hallway. Yeah. He goes, I hate this club, right? And he <laughs> spits on the wall. Really? Yeah. He literally spit on the wall. And I, you know what? At the time, I was like, I fucking totally understand that. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like, because he probably showcased a thousand times. Mitzi was like, Nyah. and then like, you know what I mean? He yeah. was probably distraught over it. I mean, the, the amount of like, also, a lot of people, they weren't ready. And so yeah. they go like, fuck her for not passing me. Look what I became. It's like, yeah, but you weren't then. So right. you were like, yeah. about right, right, you were right, right, right. But no one does. And then they go, fuck her. Yeah. Like, even Seinfeld, when he came in the other day, he was like, I wrote this place off for 30 years. Wow. He said, I was here in 1979. It was the last time I was here. Wow. Was he there at the comedy store recently? He was hanging out with Sebastian. Sebastian's like, I gotta go to a spot. He goes, he goes, about the store? He goes, why don't you come in, man? Why don't you come in? And he had done, gone there with Shanling to do his Comedians in Cars. Yeah. And they just went and did an interview in the main room, kind of peeked into the OR. But then he was like, all right, I'll go in. And Sebastian brought him up. 
He was like, it, I wait, wait, set, he, he he did stand up. Yeah, you didn't hear about this? No, it was like two weeks ago. Wait, wait. So Seinfeld did stand up at the comedy show. Seinfeld. Oh my god, were you there? No, I oh, came in later fuck. that night. I always miss the good shit. Yeah. I always miss is, it. There's tons of good shit there. Yeah. So dude. you think you miss the good shit, but it's just constantly good shit. I know. On. I've seen. But Seinfeld is like what? It's a, but because of also you know how what how he feels about the comedy store. He was like, I hate this place. Hates she told me it. I had never had a future. Yeah. She yeah. told me like you'll never make anything. I wanted a spider. Yeah. She told me he used to he used to sit in his car outside where she uh, where she lived. She goes, I would take my walks and he'd be sitting there going, still think I'm nothing. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Like he was wait there for. Her. It's unfucking believable. People hated her. I know uh, you. I was so scared of her. Me too. She would walk in, and uh, yeah, you would freeze. Yeah, right. And you go, "Hi, Mitzi," and she would go, "Oh, you. It's you." She could see the neediness too. Yeah. Like, it, let's say I'm there right now, or you're there right now, and one of us walks in. The other person walks in, and we're, we're park our car. We're going. You, you might in the middle of a conversation go, "Hey, what's up, Ari?" And then back to your thing. You don't feel different. Yeah, With yeah. Her, it's like, well, sh- should, I, should I make a joke? Should, should I not? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Do, do, should, should I Especially when she was watching you, right? When you watching you, like on stage. Oh, yeah. That was always the worst because you literally felt like you're showcasing again. Oh, every time. Every time. Oh, you mean even after you're a regular? Yeah, you're you're past. You know I mean you feel good? She comes in. You're like, oh fuck, I could be deregularized. Oh, you, uh, she's done it before. Yeah, she's done it before. Goes, I made a mistake. Yeah. So that was a lot of people when they got passed. They were just like. If she's coming in, let me know, and I'll just cancel my spot. It ain't <laughs> yeah, worth yeah, the risk. Yeah. And the shit that she, she used to do, like, we missed the times where she used to tell people what their new name was and what they had to wear. Like Joey Bananas? Jackie Graham. Yeah. Jackie Graham. What was it? What did in the same yeah. way? Jackie Banana. Jackie Banana. Right. So Jackie Graham, this guy who showcases for Mitzi, and she goes, your new name is <laughs> Jackie Banana, <laughs> and you have to wear yellow on stage for so the rest of his career. He went up on stage and wore yellow, and his name was Jackie Banana. Jesus. He did that. She did that with Jackson Purdue. What did she do with Jackson? She Purdue? goes, "You have to wear a p- purple turtleneck on stage." Why? A pur- yeah. How do you find a purple turtleneck? I know. With so these good ideas, or she just goes, "I'll just fuck with this guy." What do you think? No, because she would give them spots. She's in her head. She's creating a character. You know what I mean? Like she, because she told Roxy, she was like, I want you to go. She, because Roxy sold balloons at the park, you know? And she goes, uh, Do something with your balloons. Like, go, put balloons <laughs> yeah, in there. But yeah. I think it might have been like, I don't know, you're terrible. Maybe fucking do something with the balloons. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then Roxy took that as like, She told me I have to do my balloons on stage. Oh my God. She was one of those. I used to avoid the fuck out of that girl. Yeah. I mean, she's nice. She's nice enough. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. she just wasn't a comic. So it's almost like you mad at her for yeah. like trying this thing and being bad at it. For Francesca Hilton. Ah, man. Dude, I went off on her on a podcast um, last year. So we explain to people who she is. She is Jaja Gabor's daughter. Yeah. And Hilton. She's a Hilton. Yeah, from the Hilton. But like every family, every famous family has that one like crazy. Fuck up black sheep. Yeah, like um, Michael Douglas has a brother. What was his name? Eric Douglas. Oh, really? Yeah. Remember Freddie Soto? He came and kicked his dog. Yeah, threw his dog into the middle of the street. (laughs) Yeah, what are you yeah. going to do about Like an angry queen? Yeah, yeah. What are you going to do about Just punch your dog. He died, I think. That guy? I think so, yeah. But um, So Francesca Hilton used to be a comic. She gets a salary. Yeah. She gets an allowance, she gets an allowance at like 55 years old. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she's nuts. F- fat. Fat, gross. Gross. Thick. Josh Agabor's dog. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She comes from beautiful people. I know. I don't know what Paris the fuck Hilton. happened. Paris Hilton. She's related to Paris Hilton. I understand that. Yeah. And she... 
just didn't give a fuck. I'll eat donuts. I won't wear makeup. She would come into the st- uh, to the showroom to the OR, and she would just talk on her phone. He'd be like, Francesca, shut up. She goes, Why well, have to talk? To I'm like, Francesca, we're not getting into an argument right now. Just go outside <laughs> to talk on your cell phone. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. an injustice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look how no one else is on their cell phone. I yeah. Uh... And she, when she comes in the club, she doesn't come that often anymore. But when she does, I have to literally run the other way. Why like don't I hide behind cars. Why don't you think she comes in anymore? What? Why don't you think she comes in anymore? Well, I mean, I think these people now, because the comedy store wasn't the way it was. Nope, you're wrong. Here's what do you why mean? she doesn't come in anymore. Why? Well, I did this podcast. And me and Benji, I think we're doing an intro together. And we yeah. start talking about it. <laughs> and I'm just going off how shitty she was. Yeah. She heard it. No. But the next morning, news report, she's dead. That's why she doesn't come in anymore, because she's dead, Bobby. Well, no, no, wait. wait she died no. like a year ago. <laughs> I don't think Francesca Hilton died. She is. Are you, fucking, are you, fucking, are you fucking kidding me right no, now? No, Francesca Hilton I feel died. so fucking bad right like, now. While I was recording that co- podcast. I feel so fucking bad. She's dead? She was oh probably having the heart attack. Oh, my God. She's probably Francesca. How do you spell that? F-R-A-N-C-C-E-S-C-A. Hilton. I know. Do you know Hilton? Yeah, there it is. You see it? Francesca Hilton. Death. Put that in. She died January 5th, 2015. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That was so funny because you're like, well, I'm going to avoid her ghost I- now. <laughs> <laughs> I was recording a special. She wanted to do a spot. She came in like, oh, you can't right now. We're, we're doing a special here. The club shut down. She started honking. Like, why can't I do Just laying on the horn. Like, get the fuck out of here. Wow. They're recording something inside. There's no spots. How did she die? I think of awfulness. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah. There's Last a few people I don't like. I'm not going to mourn you. But Johnny, Johnny's app. He's still alive. I know. Who's there? If, oh. if, if he died, would you mourn? I would say, I would, I would say, there were some good memories associated with Johnny's app. Yeah. Because, like I told you, Ingram trying to mourn Freddie Soto and him talking to him about fucking <laughs> days prior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, those are fond memories uh, for me. Of ask me questions. Ask me who I would mourn, and I'll be I'll okay. completely honest with you. Okay. Who would you mourn? Uh, yeah. Let's see. Well, we, can you mourn from one to ten or no? Like ten oh, yeah, being yeah, sure. like just yeah, completely distraught. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, one is like no tear, but you're sad. Like when Freddie died, I was like, I couldn't believe it. Oh, I, was I like, do. No, that that's was devastating. True. And then when it hit me, I just had to sit down for like two hours. I, just, I was like, no. Okay, give me a name. Um, Mitzi. Keep in mind, <laughs> she no longer has power. She will not listen to this. She's not listening to this right now. She but Polly can listen to this. He does, and I shit on him all the time on this podcast. Oh, you do? Yeah. All right, I'd probably six because of the fact that she actually passed me, mm-hmm. and I owe her that. I would feel bad about it. I wouldn't like tear my clothes. Like, oh no, because also we see it coming. Yeah, yeah, you know. But I'd be like, oh fuck. What number? I might fly home if I'm in New York. I might fly home. Oh, what number? Six or seven. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Okay, good. But that's like that, that would affect. That's me. pretty good. Really think about that's it. pretty deep. Oh, wait, when Fat James died, I was like, good, you guys, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> Ari, that's hard. Like, we were all annoyed by him. It's no. better that he died than a stranger. Dude, I got him a, I got him a speaking role on Matt TV. Did you really? Yeah, and he would have sucked my dick every day after that. Literally, I'll suck your dick, man. Uh, no, man, I'm good. How about stop put, putting stuff in your mouth and just <laughs> lose some weight, man? Don't suck my dick. Just do a lap. Do a lap. <laughs> uh, so, give me a name. Um, Run is easy. A nine. A nine, yeah. That would really... Yeah, that would be really devastating for me. Yeah. Devastating. 
not a 10 is like my mom and dad right so nine eight nine that's pretty good for raz yeah yeah a little what, less what than Steve, what about you that'd be up there nine or ten yeah me, yeah. yeah yeah um yeah. i'll give you a name court mccowan oh not bad i like court good, yeah, I yeah. Like court, yeah. But he's a friend but he's, he's never been like a super part of my life mm-hmm. more than mitzi <laughs> yeah Less than Steve. Yeah, yeah. So an eight. Seven, seven and a half, eight. Yeah. Yeah. Mine would have to be a nine. But out of ten. It's not out of like, yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. just like a out of a thousand. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine's a nine. Nine. Yeah, nine it would do it would devastate me. Do you know him from the program? Well, we shouldn't say that, but yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are both so open about it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, anonymous. Yeah, yeah. anonymous. Well he's open, so I, yes, yeah. that's how I know him. But and he opens for me sometimes on the road. I mean oh, I cool. just have a yeah. That's cool. Are people gonna get, are we gonna get in trouble for this game? No. It's fun, kind of. Oh, me and Kevin played this game once. Like, yes. if you could have anyone at the comedy store who could never have existed, and we made a list of like fifty people. Like, I hope they were just never born. Not wow. The, I, I don't want Kevin who for them. Kevin Christie. Oh, really? Oh, right. oh, that's great. I'm pretty sure your name was on there. That I was. That I was. Oh, this is when I, you hated me. No, you know what? It might have been before that. So I might have not put your name on there. If it was when I hated you, then 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 you weren't on there. Then I'd be like, no. But guys are like oh, a little annoying. Like, yeah, get rid of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, like, uh, like, uh, I'm trying to think. The problem is you can't say these things because if they get to them, like, what the fuck, man? I know, <laughs> like, yeah, that's, I like, that's, a, pro- that's a problem. So yeah. it has to be someone like I'm no longer hang C or like Charles Fleischer, let's say. Yeah, that would I'd be, be like, sure does bump. He's nice once in a while, but he bumps. Yeah, make him not exist. Oh, really? You know? Yeah. It's like, it's like, I would, I'd want him to exist. You would want him to oh, exist. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Because yeah. I thought he was really good in that Zodiac movie. Oh, he's in that. Yeah, that Fincher movie, oh, cool. and then um, he was in he was Roger Rabbit. Yeah, there's some guys that were on that list that now I'd be like, no, and I would mourn them. Like who? Brett Ernst was on that list. Why? Because I was like, eh, I don't really know him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Eh, just, yeah just get rid of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get, I get it. I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Just get rid of him. All right, let me uh, ask you, Jason Galern. Would I mourn? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think if it would be above court or not. This is what they do for negotiating salaries for Comedy Central specials. Yeah, they yeah. go, well, you can't make as much of Ren as easy. He's on a show. But you got to make more than, more than Kurt Metzger. So we got to make a line for you. But if we go too close to Ren as easy, then the next guy's going to have to make above you. Right. So you have to choose the exact number. Yeah. So I think Galern, we ride around court number. Okay, good. Eight. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Me too. This is an evil game. This is an evil game. I think we're like I, not associated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, yeah, Because yeah. now we're going to get into names yeah. that I can get in really big trouble. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'll give you one. Okay. John Caparillo. Oh. How much would I mourn him? Yeah. He'd be an interesting one. He's like a lesson to me. Of like... In life. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Careful of becoming something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I still like Cap. He just pulled away so hard from everybody. Yeah. That if he went from like one of the guys to like... A diva. Yeah, I'm gonna give him a seven. A seven. I Even though he hates me. Yeah, he hates you. Oh my, he hates me. He'll never talk to me again. Why? Because I went to on Joey Diaz's podcast and yeah. I talked to Joey about how I felt about John and the things he used to do, and I defended him in the sense that I said, you know, as he got older, I mean, you know, recently in the last three or four years, he's gotten completely different. He's a different yeah. guy. Yeah, he says hi. That's what I told him. Like, this, this is all from a long time ago. Yeah. Like, none of us really care anymore. Yeah, but that's what if I you're said. You're going to ask me about the time. Yeah. That time was wrong. Yeah, he was the worst at the time. Yeah. But, you know, I, um, 
Yeah, but he, uh, he, I mean, his text to me was insane. Why, what? He, I'm a fucking a septic tank of fucking bullshit that I'm a joke thief, which I've never been accused what? of. Yeah, that uh, nobody there likes me. You know what I mean? And it's like, mm, that's not true. You I mean, I, I know who my enemies are. For sure, I have some enemies. Right, and I know who are my allies and I have more allies than enemies, and um, I'm fine with that. You know, I, I mean, I'm not going to have everyone like me. Well, he says to me, he wanted me to explain to him why Diaz was upset. And I was like, honestly, I haven't talked to him yet, but I can guess. Yeah. And here's what I think it is. And he was like, I never did that. I never. And it's like, well, Capital, it's not, we all know you did. It's not a question of that. He goes, that wasn't my intention. I'm like, eh, your intention of talking to the booker. It doesn't matter what your intention was. Yeah. I was talking to, to somebody once, I almost said the name, and uh, he was hitting on some girl, and then she went into the bathroom. And I was like, I saw him hitting on the girl, and I was like, "You still with your wife? Like, is that? Are you still with her?" And it was, I was new, and I didn't. Re- and he was like, "Shut the fuck up! She's right." Here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Oh, yeah, sorry." Yeah. But like, be careful who you're. Like, right. you know, like this guy chooses spots, so you can't. Like, if I'm talking to Adam, yeah, eBay, and I want to shit on a comic, and she. I mean, forget it. Sorry. Have you been in trouble for like saying things and not knowing who was listening, and then like you got swingers huge- with you? Not swingers, toy tie. Like what happened to me in uh-huh. Toy Yeah, yeah. Have that ever happened to you? I don't think so. Yeah. Not where it's like, oh, this is the exact wrong person as part of this group of people. Yeah. Oh, I mean, no. I've literally burned. I, I like. I, I. I literally don't even understand why I still work yeah. because I've burned so many bridges in that way yeah, where right. I've like said shit. You know what I mean? And I and then all of a sudden they're like right next to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then with you though, it comes from a place of just wanting people to like you. Yeah, you know, yeah, I love I love your analytical like because um, you've been doing that mm-hmm. even during our fight. Yeah, when we, we hated each other for all those years, yeah. right? Yeah, you're very like you know um, therapeutic in a way. You know what I mean? Like, what do you mean? I mean, you would say things like about my character defects, yeah. right? That I do have, but it's like in a fight you don't bring up character defects. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, your problem is you're self centered and you know what I mean, and you need you're so needy. You know what I mean? You talk about like my flaws, <laughs> yeah. right? Whereas Usually people go, I fucking hate that guy. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. I try to dig, I guess. Yeah, you dig. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Why did we? What? It's just so hard to believe that you and I hated each other it's women, for man. so it's long. It's women. I, and I can't, I can't, like, I, I see younger guys now, and I'm like, listen, I get it. They drive you crazy. But you can't let women get in the way of your friendship. It's just like, it's just, it just, it, whatever, somebody brings it up, like, can you believe this guy hit on my ex-girlfriend? It's like, yeah, man, I can. Because she's as hot as someone who you wanted to hit on. Like, yeah, I can't. I've seen it a thousand times already. Let it go. Just say you're sorry to everybody and just get on with it. You'll be over it in two months. Yeah. Just don't make don't make these lines in the sand of like, it was so shitty. I just I I fucking lost years of my life over like a hatred. You were that angry about her, and then it was beyond. Like I didn't even care about her anymore. But the hatred stayed. What? That was so yeah. Because like years even. You would come by, walk by me, and go. You're just let you know you're stupid, and I don't. You goes, you're just a dumb person. <laughs> I know that bothered. And, and then you would just walk out, and I'd be like in my car, going, that "Fucking fuck, I fucking hate that fuck." You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. But you were just you have a way of doing that. Where remember that one time you threw ice in her face? Water, ice, water. But the basis <laughs> of it was water. <laughs> <laughs> the ice is only in there, so it's I know, out my I drink. know, but still, yeah, ice is like shards. Uh, you but know dude, what I mean? I look back on that now, and it's embarrassing that it's you did embarrassing. that. Embarrassing. 
that you did that. Yeah. So I like these guys. I'm like, guys, you're gonna feel awful about this. The behavior. Yeah, yeah. Just don't do it. Yeah. You're not justified. You're not like. You know, honorable in your hatred. It's just not that. It's just somebody you don't like, and no one else gives a fuck. Yeah, God, you were so water angry. In her face. I know. <laughs> While she's sitting there on the patio, and then Duncan was trying to like, you threw water in a ninety-two pound woman's face, and I'm like, well, I don't know if her weight has anything to do with the amount the water would dry. <laughs> yeah, and then when Dove and Brian stood up when you did that and got in your face, and then you know what you said to him? I don't know you guys, man. I don't know you guys, so you know what I mean? And they're like, all right. And they just kind of backed away, but like. Brian came back and goes, oh, I didn't realize you had a history with that girl. Oh, really? I thought, I thought oh, it was he was a stranger. Yeah, yeah. Remember. I was like, you can't do that. But if, if you have a history, then I'm out. I, I, I get it. Because you and I had um, a history before, like a you good were like one. You a mentor to me. You really helped me a lot. I mean, we. Up. You know what I mean? You shit on my car. But that was out of fun. Out of fun, though. Out of fun, yeah, funsies. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And. You fucked a girl in a hotel room in La Jolla while I was in the closet with her friend. Yeah, yeah. And she yeah. wouldn't fuck me, but I got to see you fuck through the nice. little Some, blinder like thing. Something. Yeah, and um, whatever happened to that girl? Do you know? Probably. Not. I don't even know what they look like. <laughs> me neither. You know I mean, I mean, I didn't get to fuck. I sat in a room in a closet <laughs> with her fat friend while you got to fuck the hot chick. No, 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 no. I never got. To, I never kissed. You think I fucked? No, no, no. I'm saying that your hot example. No, the one you had was the hot one. And what'd you have? The grossling. Oh, maybe. Yeah. yeah she yeah. was thinner, but she was like bone thin. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She was like witch-like. Yeah, but it was amazing. Like she had a sex? bike. Was there a bike involved? There Something bikes, like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I told the story on my show. This is not happening. Oh, really? Yeah, about yeah, the yeah. first time he took me to Tijuana. It was all part of that trip. <laughs> oh, my God. I became a comic that day. I haven't been to Tijuana. You need your passport now, right? Yeah, but when's the last time you had a brothel? Went to the, one of those brothels? At Alitas? Yeah. I went in Brazil once. No, but it was Tijuana. Oh, not it's Tijuana. I went to one fifteen in, years in, in twelve years. I went once after you, one time after after you and I went. Probably a year later, so at least twelve. It used to be the best. It's the best, man. So it's cheap, so dangerous. Yeah, this feeling of like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. You know? But they were pretty safe. I've never even really heard. My favorite one got punched in the face. It's just Cap, Caparilla did it too. Cap fell in love with one of them. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to move her up. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I know. So he hates you. That was my point. It was like, he was like, he was like, well, I was like, you know, when you were kind of like a diva and stuff, he goes, well, you used to be an asshole. And I wanted to be like, yeah, man, but we're not talking about me right now. But the thing is, yes. And there's people who are never going to forgive me for that time. Yeah. And that's the cross I'll bear. But here that what John doesn't realize is that, is that you owned up to to your behavior and you apologized. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm fine with that. Right. But John doesn't think. That he did anything wrong. Right. And so when you're talking to somebody like that, there's nothing you can do. There's a difference between an excuse and an apology. Yeah. An apology is, if I'm a cop, like, I'm sorry I shot your son, you know, but he was pulling a gun on us. So, you know, I had, that's the excuse part. But the apology is like, I'm so sorry this happened. Yeah. Like when I apologized to Natasha, it wasn't like, I'm sorry I threw water in your face, but you have to understand, uh, you were in my home. The conference is my home and you were taking that away from me. Yeah. It's just like, I'm sorry. Yeah. You want to say something? That's fine. I don't care because it doesn't matter. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. It's like, a, it's like a program kind of thing. Yeah. And also John was like, I'm like, well, you had a problem with Dom Herrera. And then he goes, fuck Dom Herrera. That's what he said on the phone, right? Yeah. And I go, well, that's so weird that you would say that because no one ever says that. No one says that. Because Dom is such a nice guy, right? So he doesn't – I go, so – in the past, you don't think you did anything wrong. He goes, "No, you guys all misinterpreted every everything, thing. every incident, right?" And I'm like, "Well, then, I, there's nothing at this point that I can talk to you about because you won't own up to anything. You think that the world is against you, yeah. and um, I know 
the things that I did wrong in my life, right? Well, yeah. And I'm ashamed of a lot of things that I've done. Sure. But you still have to own up to them. Person. That's how you grow. Yeah. You're like, I don't do that anymore. Yeah. And the way I did is by owning up to it. So now this happened with you, I remember. You were driving me around. I was getting used to the comedy store. There's things I remember when you started there and you're like, I don't know how any of this stuff works. Yeah. I remember I picked up a Mencia CD off the um, front TV <laughs> yeah. of, uh, the, of the front bar. Yeah. It was just one up there. I was like, oh, I'll listen to it. I heard it and I, I talked to Freddie. I was like, hey, I, like, I just, I honestly didn't know how it worked. I was like, I, I hear a lot of you in there. Like, what's, is that a thing where you guys like share or something? And he just puts his head down and walks away all sad. And I was yeah. like, what's, what's happening? Yeah. Like, I didn't understand what that meant, like stealing and stuff. But I remember asking you once and I was like, we we're driving around. I was like, hey, a lot of people hate you. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm like, I mean, it's just too much of a coincidence. I don't know if it's your voice or something, but you're doing something that makes multiple people yeah. hate you. Yeah, yeah. I think now you're like, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know now yeah. why they did. Yeah. I know in all every circumstance when somebody doesn't like me, I'm aware of why they don't. Yeah. But I've changed myself. So, you know, when you're young and and show business and stand up is your number one thing, and you have to make it. Mm-hmm. You're you in the you same boat with a thousand other dudes that have the same kind of mentality. And when you have a bunch of young, hungry people who want to make it, yeah. and there's only a few slots open, it's it's going to be cutthroat, and people are going to cry and get angry, and there's going to be rage involved, and that's just the way it is, you know. Yeah, I mean, Mitzi asked me to go spy at the improv to see who was there. Because I want you to report to me yeah. which one of my comedy store regulars are over there, so that she could get them in trouble and, and ban them or do something to them. Yeah. And so now I'm a young guy who's like, I don't want to anger Mitzi, but at the same time, I don't want to piss, piss off all these guys. Who, they, you know, they're not doing anything wrong. These are my colleagues and the people I look up to. Yeah. I mean, I was just. Did you do guy. it? I asked Freddie, and he goes, "Just give her some names of people who don't want to perform at the comedy store anymore." Right. Like, oh, there you go. Give right. her Tom Dreesen's name. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you ain't gonna yeah, get in trouble. Yeah. And so, but the thing is, that's a very fine line, and you don't know the path. And if you fuck up as this young guy, people blame you forever. Yeah. And you just, at some point, you're like, yeah, I didn't know what I was doing. And guess what? I made the wrong decision. I know how it was wrong now. Yeah, but that situation, though, it was whatever Mitzi said. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she told me there was a comedy club next to the La Jolla Comedy Store. Moondoggies? No, it was in La Jolla. Next to the comedy store in La Jolla. Yeah, yeah, right. And this is when you were a door guy. Yeah, and she and that that club was closing, so she's like, "Go over there and find Dorman for me." Okay. And I knew that Dad Fan was working there. Okay. So I walked over Dad there fan. and I went to Dad. I go, "Hey, dude, I know this place is closing, but Mitzi is offering you a doorman job." And he goes, "No, I will not." <laughs> and then Chris, Chris, this guy named Chris, his friend, yeah. walks up to me and slaps me in the face. Which Chris? His name is uh, Chris Zooman Clobber. It's Clobber. Yeah, he was called. They, they, they called him the Zooman. He used to do animal noises on stage, oh. and he slapped me, and I walked out like just feeling like I want to fucking kill this fucking guy. You know what I mean? But yeah, but that was like Mitzi's like espionage shit that I had to do. Didn't wasn't that was Freddie and not Corey? No. There was a few people that were mad at you. That Freddie was Freddie mad at you for you saying something about a La Jolla club or a San Diego. That's club? what it was. Yeah. What What was he mad at you over? I, I mean, keeping in mind you're not the same person. He's also dead. Yeah, sure. All right. 
Well, I mean, if I explain it to you, you know what I mean? It's not... <sighs> I've never really gotten a... I'm going to tell you what it is, all right? Okay. Fuck it. So, it's hard to explain, but it's like Mitzi... Basically, I'm going to do it the simplest form possible. Okay. Mitzi wanted to fire everyone at the La Jolla Comedy Store from the management down. Why? She just wanted to revamp it, Okay. right? So... And f- the people that had been working at the La Jolla Comedy Store had been there since the 70s. Oh, since it opened. Yeah, you had Fred Burns, Ron White. Not Ron, not Ron White, Ron something. It, the, all the waitresses. Remember Fred Burns. Right, yeah. remember Fred? Uh-huh. And Fred Burns. Crippled. Yeah, he's crippled. Yeah, he, had, he, he died. He died, yeah, on a boat. But um, When he died, I was like, oh, too bad. Yes. Yeah, you might never have the same experience. I, I cried. Okay. Because he gave me my start, Freddie. Um, Burns, Fred Burns. So anyway, so Freddie drove from L.A. to San Diego with Mitzi in the car, and she said this thing like, "I'm gonna fire everyone." And Freddie did it, did, didn't defend. Fred you know what I mean Fred Burns? Which, didn't in retrospect, I wouldn't hey, have done it either because say, "Hey, don't do that." Yeah, because I didn't have a relationship with Mitzi at the time. It's so not your place. Yeah, I didn't know how crazy. So, but in my head, I'm like, he should have defended. Fred mm-hmm. and these people that worked at the La Jolla Comedy Store. So when Who should have defended Fred? Freddie Burns. Fred, Fred, Freddie Soto should have defended. So she told Freddie Soto. Yeah, she told Freddie Soto about this. Okay. Not Fred Burns. And you're saying he should have been like, Mitzi. Anyway, I, I, that night I confronted Fred, Freddie Soto at the condo at like five in the morning and we almost went into fist fighting. Over what? What did you say? Was that I go, why do you defend Fred Burns? Because, you know what I mean? He, he gave you stage time. It was some fucking bullshit, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. This is an also just FYI, 1997. Okay. That's how long ago this was. 1997. And then, um, then we almost went into fist fight pushing. Well, what was his side of it? He's like, you don't fucking know Mitzi. You are you crazy? Which is in retrospect, yeah, I, I, he's, he's right. Yeah. What do you do? People are like, if I was on that 9-11 plane, things would have been different. Yeah. No, you wouldn't. You'd, yeah, you would have died. Yeah. Yeah. So then when I moved up to LA, which is like six months after that, he just would not talk to me. And he didn't like me. None of his friends liked me. Eleanor didn't like me. I thought Eleanor didn't like you for a different reason. Well, she does. She doesn't like me for a certain reason, and what, which was this, is that... When Princess Corey and Eleanor became the talent coordinators at the comedy store in Hollywood. Eleanor was never a talent coordinator. Corey was. Yeah, but she was. They were in cahoots. Cahoots, for sure. Okay, they were up in the office. They were in cahoots. That was the year that I didn't get really any spots. Right? So now I know that Freddie Soto, who I know that hates me, his fiance is running the fucking club. Right? And now my survival is at stake. And when my survival's at stake... And anyone who thinks you can just get spots elsewhere, it's just not, it's just not true. It's not true. This is the place. This is the place. The only workout yeah, It's the only place... I am so lucky to have this place. Yeah, it, ca- it It just it taught me about fear and about, you know what I mean? Dealing with laws Dealing with bad things and the things. worst comedy conditions, you know uh-huh. what I mean? So I, they had this Thai manager named Kirk. Oh, yeah. Kirk. Do you remember? Jordy would say... That Kirk used to hide in the bushes across the street at the House of Blues. Yeah. To stare at the door guys to see if they were, and when they weren't working, if they were slacking off, he would just, aha, I caught you. Yeah, yeah. He like, was the worst. Dude, do your fucking job. You're a minute late, right? You yeah. had to fucking sign a form. I mean, it was like fucking oh, really? crazy. Yeah. He was Thai? Yeah, he was really Thai. Okay. And he was <laughs> really, really angry. And he was just like, he, wanted, he was like the Camille Rouge. <laughs> That's what it reminded me. He was Pol Pot. Wow. He had that kind of energy, but 
because he's Asian and I'm Asian, he would sneak me up on stage. Oh, really? Yeah. But the whole club hated him. So there was a petition that came around where if I signed it, right? To get Kurt fired. To get Kirk fired, this Thai guy. Yeah. But he was my only lifeline. Yeah, you didn't want him out. So I ratted them out. That's what it was. I ratted Eleanor. No, to Pauly. To Pauly. And Pauly, because Kirk Kirk. raised, Kirk, the Thai manager, raised Pauly. How long had he been there, Kirk, at the time? A year, but he was also manager there 15 years earlier, even. Okay. Right, so. So you told Pauly, like, hey, there's a a coup coming. Yeah, and, and. And let me tell you something right now. Wow. I'm gonna t- I know. I, and, and me saying it right now yeah. makes me want to shit my pants. Uh, how fucking... I'm scandalous. Yeah. You know, but I'm going to say this right now. And, I, and, and this is... I believe this is the truth. Okay? But I could be wrong. In every other aspect in my life, I'm a normal person. Yeah. I really am. If, if I... If I, like, you know, bump into somebody on the street, walking on the street, I say, I apologize. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm, I'm a normal person. But when it comes to stand-up yeah. and, and my career, I'm a different kind of person. I'm a beast. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, if you interfere with stage time or anything like that, like yeah. if I hear you say, don't hire Bobby, you know what I mean, back in the day, you know what I mean, yeah. to a promoter or something, yeah. that person is now enemy number one. Right, so yeah, that's kind of a, a thing where it's like you cannot, you can do whatever you want, you can hate somebody, yeah, you can try to fuck their girlfriend, but you, you can't get in the way of this their business or their development. Yeah, I and I feel up, so, so bad what I did. I went, I went just saying it now. Yeah, made me. <laughs> it just makes me want to fucking crawl into a fucking hole. That I I did that, but I did it. I then how did Polly react? He's he he he. Kirk stayed on as a manager for a while. We'll probably get to Mitzi first and be like, hey, they're going to start. Yeah, no, I mean, they the petition didn't work, and you know what I mean? And I think that Kirk stayed on there for a little while, which in retrospect, he was a bad manager. He was a shithead. You know what I mean? It's the comedy story. You shouldn't have like a dictator there, but. You got spots even when Corey was there. When I was there, when Corey was a town coordinator, when I started there, you were getting spots. I know. I heard a doorman say this, and I don't even know if this is true or not, but it got to my head that he told me that they wouldn't even. Like would call in on a Monday because when you do anyone that's listening when you do want to play at the comedy store you have to call in on a Monday so here's the day for the week available. for the week right and most people go great you get no spots right and the, what the form person is supposed to do is give it to the talent coordinator and back then it would go to Mitzi yeah talent coordinator was I here Mitzi yeah is who called in but apparently somebody said and I'm sure they were wrong you know what I mean I had no proof of this Corey wouldn't that I would call and it would never get to Mitzi somebody had told me that. And so in my crazy paranoid head, yeah. right, I'm like, I got to fucking survive. I clung on to fucking the most evil person, which is Ty Kirk. <laughs> you know I mean? Everyone hated. To Pol the Pol point where like, we got to get rid of yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. And I side with Pol Pot. And, and let me say this. In the late 60s or early 70s when the Khmer Rouge was happening, you I could have been, been, been a Khmer Rouge. <laughs> Slaughtering babies, taking photos of their faces, you know what I mean? Dumping them in the river, like, and not wanting to do it, but just out of my own survival, you know what I mean? What going to do? Not slaughter babies? He's going to be mad at me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's like, it's crazy what you would do to, for your career. And um, I feel so shameful about it, but it happened and I admit to it. Yeah, you move on. You move By the on. way, you're not completely normal. You went not to let me in from downstairs with fucking underwear. 
Yeah, Flip flops and underwear. Everyone in the building knows me here. Oh, really? All right. I've been here for a long time. Didn't you also have a contest to see what um, what um, candy bars you could put up your asshole? What the fuck? <laughs> I used to do things like um, how my feel so shit. Duncan Trussell when he was a talent coordinator. Uh-huh. I used to go upstairs <laughs> and I would used to go upstairs. And this is when I got Mad TV now, right? Uh-huh. So now people had to put get me put me up. Right. Yeah, because you're on TV. I'm on so, TV, right? So if you guys were on anything there. Not only that, I also was started from open mic. You were a comedy I, store Yeah, guy. I was a comedy store guy. And I will be for the rest of my life. But I used to go up to his office during the day and I would stick like candy bars and like things on his desk into my butthole and then put it back on the desk. And he would sit there and look at me. I'd pee. I would like pee on his desk. Like I used to do the most scandalous things imaginable and he used to sit there and smile and he I think he hated me at that time <laughs> I mean he was he gave me spots always I love Duncan he never got involved he just admits he hears her called in he goes I'm not gonna let them hate me yeah he, no, yeah, yeah. he, he, yeah, he did he did it all he stayed out of the way he stayed out of the way but I used to do things like that and I used to do things like when I peed on your car uh-huh. and you no, shit James, on mine car. who's? Painter oh whoever yeah I peed on somebody's car, yeah. but then why did you shit on my car? I didn't. I just gave Jim a bag of shit, and he put it on. Oh, that was your shit, but James Painter put the shit on my car. He couldn't shit anymore because he was out of shit. He oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was ingenious what you did, though, did you not? You put it underneath the handles, uh-huh. and you put it on the wheel windshield wipers. wipers. Yeah, and you put a little dab on the w- window so that... I go, oh my god, there's shit there. So do I? So I would turn on the windshield, and then it just shit caked it on the. You know what I mean? And that I remember going to the Seven Eleven, and I go, I went to a homeless guy. I went a bunch of Windex and like you know what I mean, and bottles of water and stuff. And I went to a homeless guy. I go, if I give you forty dollars, can you wipe my car with shit? He goes, no. So then I go hundred. He goes, all right. So I gave him a bunch of my like water and Windex and paper towels, and he uh. He cleaned it wow. for hundred bucks. Wow, wow, that's hilarious. What are you doing right now? I'm writing down a note to put up the link of this, uh, my closer of my first special where I talked about this. Uh, about on the website, you shooting my pe- shooting yeah. on my car. Yeah, um, yeah, that was a good time. You were so mad. Oh my god, I was. Lo- message was so funny. You don't have it still, do you? Nah. And I wish I could. So I wish so I saved anger. voice messages. So many voice oh messages. my god. I had this one voice message from Paul Mooney. He goes, uh, I don't, he goes, I don't ever want to, don't ever say hi to me again. Really? Yeah, I go, why? And I, mean, I didn't say why, but he goes, because you've been hanging out with a lot of white people. I've been watching you. And it was just like one of those fucking phone calls where you go, what the fuck? You're hanging out with white people. He's so racist sometimes. Like, what the fuck is this call? Number one, I'm not black. You know what I mean? I'm Asian, right? And also on top of it, it's like, I don't, like, my people don't have a history with white people like African Americans did. You're a go-between, your people. Yeah. And so it's like, I mean, I, I understand your plight and your anger, but the thing is, is that I got nothing to do with it. And also, <laughs> I have a lot of white friends. I'm sorry. Yeah. But those are the kind of people that you have to fucking deal with. So many people. He called me a Nazi once because remember we, me and Duncan came with an idea because everyone was running the light. So we asked Mitzi, we're like, we, we got to do something. The light, people show up for 11 o'clock spot and they were on at 12.15. So we said, okay, if you go over, you don't go on next week. And we gave people a minute leeway. So you have 15 minutes, the light comes on at 12. If you do 16, we're not going to say anything. 17 or above, we'll talk. We told all the cover booth guys, there's some heckler and they had to deal with it. 
please let us know. Write it down because we don't want to. That's like an extenuating circumstance. And uh, and it worked. People started doing their time. And Mooney's like, oh, this Nazi. You're a Nazi. Oh, I'm wow. Like, Paul, you know there's a history I have with that, like in my people. <laughs> yeah. And what I'm doing is not really close to the extermination of an <laughs> of yeah. ethnic group. It, yeah. I know. I mean, but it's unbelievable yeah. what the club looks like now. So much different. I mean, you, people don't understand. We couldn't start with less than six people. And we had a show to start at nine, nine On a Friday like, night, we still don't have any people. you would have six people sometimes, 10 people. Yeah. And the lineups were people that you, number one, have never heard of. Mm-hmm. Number Dingle two, dance. you will never hear of them. Here's How much would you mourn for Jeremy Dingle? A one. A one. Yeah. You're like, oh, really? Because I don't really remember what he really looks like. I just know his energy. <laughs> you play the, the, right. the, the mouth flute or a non chulani non chulani brody where is brody you remember that <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. He, he, he couldn't do his 15 I know and he was like 7 minutes in and it wasn't going well and he was okay that's it for me and brody's still outside brody where is brody he did that to me on a Saturday he was 8 minutes in it was actually a pretty good audience he goes I can, I'm done Bobby <laughs> and I go you're doing the 15 really yeah I made him stay up there for 15 because I yelled at him afterwards. I go, dude, I'm going to just say it right now. It's just that this is not open mic night. It's not open mic night. You're at the it's, comedy store on a weekend. On a weekend. And it's like, if you like can't. a major writer now. I want to look up his fucking IMDb. Oh, yeah, maybe erase it if, we, if we we're going to lose jobs. Let's <laughs> 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 see if he does dramas or sitcoms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's her password? Uh, I don't know. Can you, like, can I just use this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Use that. So what? Anon Chulani? Yeah. Wait, Francesca Hilton died, man. I know, but I can't believe you didn't hear that. She was all right. Look at her as, as in her youth. Yeah, yeah she, she was, was all right. That you would have fucked her then. That yeah. Let me yeah. see this. No. Yeah, man. Yeah, maybe. I mean, if it's you know on the road. Right, right. <laughs> Not in LA. Okay, so what's his name? Anand Chulani. Yeah, A N A N D. Wow. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, guys like that. Lying. It was just shitty. It was just there not is. good comics. There's a Wikipedia on him. No way. Yeah. I don't have a Wikipedia. <laughs> He's got one. Yeah, AnandChulani.com. Yeah, it's IMDb. It's IMDb. Okay, IMDb. Okay, AnandChulani Anand Lincoln. AnandChulani IMDb. Yeah. Okay. What do you got? Anything? I don't know. It's still bloating. Okay, Anand. Anand Chulani is known for his work on Slaughter Studios, American Chai, and these old broads. And this is all from 2002, 2001, 2001. He's out of the business. Oh, no, wait. He wrote after that, right? I don't know. That's, I mean, look, read it. Okay. Yeah. Wait, all filmography. Actor 6, Miscellaneous Crew. This ain't Anand Chulani. That's him. Actor? When did he start acting? I thought he was just a writer. This ain't this Anand Chulani. Yeah, I mean that's that's got to be him. All right, good. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Nothing. He's doing nothing. We're fine. It's fine. What the? Relax. Relax. <laughs> Why do anything? On your fucking phone. Um. So let me ask you a question. Yeah. So you worked the door in La Jolla first? Yeah. And then you moved up and worked the door in LA? Yeah. I was working at a, um, 
coffee shop next to the La Jolla Comedy Circle called the Disc Cafe. You took me there once, up and then yeah, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. And then I um, I just went across the street one day and I, and there was a help wanted sign at the comedy store in La Jolla and I got a job there as a bar back. Isn't it amazing how that's how a lot of people start comedy? Yeah, just go oh, I got a job here and yeah, then become I'm 23. like twenty three top level comedians. Yeah, I'm twenty three at the time. Yeah. And then Fred gave me a job there, and then um, I was there at an open mic, because I used to wash dishes on open mics, uh-huh. and I used to watch the local guys. I used to watch, I don't know, you don't know their names, but... Um, Gotsik? No, Gotsik and I started the same week. Okay. And they were awful. Not awful, but you would watch and you go, oh, yeah, goodness. I can totally do it. And then I started going up like last or second to last. And then um, I fucking moved up fast, dude. Like, And that's why a lot of people in La Jolla don't like me because I moved up so fucking fast. You didn't quote unquote put your time in right. Well, no, because Polly saw me six months in yeah. at an open mic. That was Big Hair Bobby? Yeah, Big Hair Bobby. Yeah. And he, then nine months in, he had me open for him in Vegas. Oh. I got passed a year in. Wow. First year. You're into comedy. Yeah. And then I met Carlos Mencia around that time uh-huh. and his manager. So his manager signed me. Worthy? Worthy Patterson. Uh-huh. And then I used to open for Pauly and Carlos for five years off and on. And that's how I started. And then I moved to LA. I doored there for a, for a long time. When you were doing there, who were you working with? Shaq? Bob Ocheck. Um... Gotsick a little bit. Mm-hmm. Freddie Soto ha- was kind of, when I first got up there, was doing it a little bit. Um, Johnny Sanchez. Oh, you work with Sanchez? A little bit, yeah. Sergio Love. Sergio was a, worked the door? Was a doorman. Um, Pete Gray, a couple years in, you know what I mean, was there. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, so that kind of group. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But mainly I remember doing it with Harris Pete. Yeah. And Chewy Bravo, not Chewy Bravo. Chewy was the the, the lot guy. No, Chewy Bravo was Chelsea's. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But Chewy's was a name. Big fucking. He worked Hispanic. The door. Yeah, he was the worst. I mean, I love him, but so blow in the front, but the best location in the world. Yeah, for just like come to the Sunset Strip. Yeah, yeah. There was so, so. I didn't know he used to yell at me sometimes. I'd be in the back door, and he's like, "You're you're in your door." I'm like, "Dude, I've been right here the whole time." <laughs> he goes, "Don't you fucking yell at me, bro." Don't you come at me like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, what? Yeah, what yeah. is happening? It was the yeah, last yeah. thing I saw. Last drug I could see on people was cocaine. Yeah. I could see if they're drunk. I could see if they're high. And then I was like, what are these moods? I don't understand. And now yeah, I yeah. get it later. It's like, oh, okay. He used to wobble. Remember? He had that wobble. little wobble that he would do. Yeah. He used to wear, also, he always dresses like like a 1950s, like, um, like a, you know, a trigger man. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. yeah. He had yeah. an axe wound to his head. Yeah, he <laughs> <laughs> did have an axe wound. Yeah, yeah. And then Harris Pete was there. And if people don't know who he is, he's still a comic, but he started there with Jay Leno and Letterman. In fact, they were all very good friends in yeah. the 70s. And then Jay Leno and Letterman, obviously, they became who they were, but Harris Pete stayed a doorman. Stayed a doorman. And that's why he was so bitter. Because his friends all went on to not just some success, but massive success. Yeah, and also, Harris Pete did the Tonight Show. Really? Yeah, Carson, a couple of times. People don't know that. Whoa. Yeah, so it's not as if nothing happened. Anything. It's just that he stayed a doorman until 2000. Three, four years ago. Yeah. Five, six years ago. Maybe seven years ago. Yeah, yeah. 2004. Uh, I don't know. But he stayed a doorman. They had secret shoppers after a while, and they go, um, everybody likes the comedy stuff. 
Uh, there's one guy who's just gr- just yelling at them as they come in. It's yeah, just, like, mean to people. So mean, and he wouldn't say hi to you when Which you showed up. Anybody. Yeah, and then you know what I did. I said hi to Will, uh, Jackson Purdue. Yeah, because uh, they were the two of them were talking the front steps of the, the OR. You know? Yeah, and um, I saw him. I saw Jackson Purdue. I was like, oh hey, um, I, I talked to you on the phone. I'm I'm, I'm Ari. I, I, I take the phone calls. I take the avails. I'm a phone guy. Um, but it was my first. I like six months. I couldn't come downstairs. I was too scared. Yeah, and then I did, and I was like, well, it's nice to meet you. It was nice to meet you too. And I saw Harris right next to him. I was like, hi, I'm Ari, and he just looks at my hand, looks at me, and he goes, so. Yeah, and it was like that wow. was the mentality back then. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I couldn't even. Im- that was the mentality back then. Like people wouldn't say hi to you. They were but fucking actively mean. not. Say hi. I know, not mean? just like oh, we're, we're with our friends right now. Just like actively, like I'm gonna fuck you. Yeah, and angry, and no one came to that club anyway, and it was just an ugly energy there, yeah. and that's when we started. That's what we, that's what we, like now you look at the store and on a Tuesday it's sold out. Sold out. The poor guy's like, hey, Bobby Lee's here. (laughs) You know, (laughs) they're walking walkie talkies. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. They have a little walkie talkie. They have cameras. Instead of like, go go tell the cover booth that Bobby's here, but also don't leave your shift in the back. (laughs) Well, how am I going to, I don't know, man, figure it out. Yeah, figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's like a completely different thing but people don't realize that when we started yeah it was the complete opposite it was just like is this open that's what the, people would walk in and go this is open like, go inside yeah. obviously go to the cover booth <laughs> yeah. idiot and like, well, yeah. i don't know what a cover booth is yeah, yeah, yeah i mean it was just like the worst place the yeah. worst acts but even in all that time mitzi still wouldn't promote her show right. she wouldn't go and give out free tickets uh-huh. she wouldn't do advertisements she goes the show's the show and if you did get a spot, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to go up. Well, oh, because Dice could come in and no, bump the whole you, would, you could get a spot at 9.15, which the show starts at 9, right? Yeah. And you show up, and then it's 1.30 in the morning, and you're like, oh, shit, I think I should go home. I haven't gone up yet. <laughs> because you, 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 Eddie Griffin. Eddie Griffin would do the whole line. Two hours. Dice, two hours. Mencia, three hours, Right. Oh, by the time right, right those times no those times other comics so by the time right you went up you would you would be one thirty in the morning there'd be no one there and you're supposed to be up second <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean i mean and that was every night and then when you didn't get a spot you would show up early and to do a fallout yeah. right so what would happen is if comics didn't show up you could be on this fallout list but you look at the fallout list it's like 19 Nine pages deep? <laughs> like how many yeah yeah i mean it's like there's no way i'm getting up yeah yeah, it was like one of those most impossible places. It was impossible. When she start, was she coming around a lot? Was Mitzi coming around a lot when you were when you were working the door? Mm-hmm. What did you work? Just the door? I did phones, door cover. I did all of them. I used to do during the day, like clean up the up there. There was all these leaves up on the roof one night, mm-hmm. one day, and it was raining, and I had I had this rake. You know what I mean? I remember, and it was like there was like like raking the roof, raking the roof. Yeah, it would by myself leak all the time. What? It would leak all the time. Like no, with the leaves. ceiling would fall in. Yeah. yeah, but the leaves, because they hadn't cleaned that thing for 30 years. It was like stacked. And I remember just just nine hours, just, just put these bags, you know what I mean? <sighs> just so that I could go up and do three minutes. Yeah. I mean. Three minutes. Yeah. Who was hosting back then? The open mic. I did it a lot. You did it while you were a door guy? Yeah. Oh. I did me it. Me too, me too. Um, 
And Freddie would do it, Johnny. I mean, people would do it, but it was also, um, I mean, you think that the regular nights are fucking awful? I mean, the open mics there, I mean, the kinds of people they would put up there. Homeless people. People looking to stay warm, right? Or no? Yeah, I mean, not just homeless, almost like they could, they'll skin you alive and make a jacket out of your skin. That you remember, type of people. You remember Bezo? Yeah. He used to chop, he used to take nipple rings, attach sausages <laughs> to them, and then take a cleaver and just chop them onto his chest. Yeah. And and it wouldn't like, he wouldn't nail it. He bled like a lot. Yeah. Or you'd have a guy up there who's so senile that this is his set for three minutes. You know what I mean? For three minutes. And then you're like, you know, waiting for the light to go on because you're hosting. All hey, right. hey, one more time for what's your name again? And you're like, all right, bop, bop, bop. you know what I mean? And then, you, you know, I mean, it was like that crazy. Yeah. And then they, they would have um, Fat Tuesday. That Remember was Fat Tuesday was gangster. Right. So the night you was. You worked those nights? Yeah. So the club was dead. What was Fat Tuesday like on a, when you were working? It was, every, I mean. I mean, okay, the club if, is if, dead. Okay, so the club is dead. We have shitty lineups. But the Fat Tuesday was a black show in the main room, and it wasn't run by the comedy store, right? It was uh, who? Separate. Separate. It was a separate. Gaitori, right? Gaitori, yeah. Uh-huh. And so you would sneak in to the main room to see real comedy. Yeah, J.B. Smoove, I remember saying that. I, I was like, Bernie wow, Mac, I saw there. Really? I saw Cedric there. You know what happened saw, to Bernie Mac? What happened? He also passed. No, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna Google. Just kidding. No, but I know he did. But um, yeah, you should see the Cedric best the Entertainer was there. Cedric, um, I remember sitting there with Paulie, Eddie Murphy, right, Charlie Murphy, watching Cedric go up. Wow. And I, I, I don't know. How, I was sitting there with Paulie, right, and then all of a sudden Eddie Murphy sits with us, and, and I'm, I am stuck. You know what I mean? Between Paulie and then I'm like, I have to. You know what I mean? But it was, so, you know, I mean, you get scared in those situations because you want to say the wrong thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I saw the best comic. The right way to handle is say nothing. I Just know. sit there quietly until they call on you. Because you're not part That's of the That's what thing. you learn. That's what you learn. Yeah, I yeah. see these guys now. They interrupt. Like, well, who, who was that? I'm like, dude, we're having a fucking conversation. Who the fuck are Just shut up and listen, new guy. No. What about the other night when we were talking? Yeah. When we were talking the other night on the in, outside? That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, and that guy, that fat guy cigar. with the cigar. And he I, keeps I, asking I, questions to clarify. I'm like, hey, dude, you're not really, we're allowing you to stand here, new comic. We're allowing you to stand here and listen. Just fucking, you don't know any of us. You don't know the people we're talking about. So either walk away or fucking be quiet. Yeah, he kept, you know, and I don't want to be rude. Guiding and go, the conversation away. And it's like, you're making us all want to walk. Yeah, that's what he, I try to do. But I wanted to talk to you and Nick. You I know, know. But This guy is just like, you know. Why are you on top of us? Yeah. One time I was like. We were all turn, literally turning away from him. Yeah. Like, without thinking about it, we were all just turning. I know. Remember, I kept, I kept like sliding more up onto the. Yeah, uh, like you the came back onto the street. <laughs> and it's like, and it's like, and he's yeah, still on yeah. there. I was like, I, I, I'm I not, not reading body language, bro. And I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be tolerant to be nice. and nice. You know what I mean? Because I don't want to be that guy. You know yeah, what I mean? But yeah. it's like, I mean, you can't be like, point. beat it, loser. You can't say that. Yeah. that's mean. But not only that, time, you don't like, know who he is. I don't know if he's a comic. He could have been like, I thought he was a movie executive. You know what I mean? So that's what I thought he was a comic, but you can't really tell. You can't tell. Yeah. Oh, that guy was annoying. He was, I know, but I know, and he wouldn't shut the fuck out of fuck up. But he, yeah. what? So, what was your like when you worked? What was your responsibilities? Like, what did you have to do every day? Did you, do, did you ever do the sign? Oh yeah, I did sign. I did. Um, you would have to get there, and because also back then, yeah, you didn't get an hourly wage. You know what you got? What? Twenty five dollars a shift, and a shift meant. It could mean 
4 p.m. 4 p.m. till 3 in the morning. Yeah. And that's 25 bucks. And, and then you'd have to, on Friday, I remember the checks came out. So on Thursday nights, what I would do is I would sleep in the belly room just because I had no money. Yeah. And I would just wait for that fucking check the to next day it. to cash it. That's, that's how check. desperate I was for money. You know what I mean? I remember one time Gee, I parked my cool. truck yeah. in oh, the yeah, parking lot. truck you had? Remember that shitty truck I had? Oh, yeah. And there was no window. I don't remember that. So I, I remember parking my truck on a Thursday night, sleeping there, and then I got a knock on the window one day. Yeah. It was like 10 in the morning. You know what it was? Jimmy Schubert. What? He goes, hey, kid. I go, yeah. He goes, you hungry? I go, yeah. He goes, let me buy you breakfast. He brought me down the street. And he bought me breakfast. Wow. Mel's. He brought me to Mel's and brought me breakfast. What was he doing there? He was, I don't know. Rolling by. Yeah. And he, and ever since that day, I thank him. I vividly remember moments like that. Dude, that's part of my bit about you. It's like when you took us to Jerry's in between, in between pissing on Jim's car and pissing on it again. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, you know, he bought us lunch and Bobby would always buy us sandwiches. And I was like, guys, if you have poor friends, just buy them a sandwich. Is that why you beat the shit out of me? No, separate issue. <laughs> That's a separate issue. <laughs> so I buy you a sandwich, and you just you wanted me to my face to bleed. Well, that was a, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't link the two of those things, but uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. when you were doing the signs and stuff, mm-hmm. when people with those fucking drunks come by, did you have that? Yeah, but you had to put the fucking ladder up there, uh-huh. right? And um, yeah, the drunks would come by, but also it's like you put up names that no one would ever hear of. That's right. You'd put a Dingle's name up there. You'd, You'd put Jeremy Dingle's name up there, or I mean, God bless her, Marilyn Martinez. Or, she was did okay though, right in life. She did good. Cheryl Vendetti. Do you remember that? Yeah, that was funny. Cap. So they were starting to put paid records at too many paid records at some point. They're starting to put them in the belly room, and uh, you could park a pink dot, and we'd give you five dollars back towards your parking because it was like, yeah, there's not enough place for all these people to park, but let's pay for them, and. Um, so Cap was doing the call-outs. And he was like, hey, you have a spot, but it's in the belly room. And Cheryl Vendetti was like, well, I'm not coming in for the belly room. What the fuck, that's like an insult. Yeah. And he goes, oh, that's cool. There's a lot of comics who would appreciate it stage time. So I'll just tell one of them. <laughs> she got so mad. Oh, she did? Yeah, he was right, though. Yeah. He was right, though. You're telling a fucking phone guy who's killed for two minutes that like, that's, not, that's beneath you? Yeah. Like, all right. The problem with that, this, though, is I, I want to go back to John. Yeah. Just real quick. Yeah. Is, is that... What happens is the struggle, right, that you go through, yeah. right, you build, you, you, you have a hate box in your heart. It's like a chest. And all the bad things that happen, you put that shit in the chest, right? That comic fucked me over. You know what I mean? That guy lied. You know what I mean? You know yeah. what I mean? Uh-huh. Stage, and no stage. And you build it. And then when you make it and you have a name, I left it closed. Right. Right? But some people, they unlock it. I see what's in there. Yeah, and then it comes out. All their resentment and rage and anger, and now that they have the power, and it's like, dude, you they unleash house. it. You have a house. I know that. You have a beautiful but, backyard. But no. you, it, it's it's something that they don't even realize it's happening, right? Oh. So when like when I see a guy like, uh, like Gerard Carmichael, uh huh, you know he has done very well for himself. Sure, nice guy. Super nice. Super nice. Nothing ever. He hasn't changed. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Look at all those undateable guys. Brent, Rick. All those guys are nice guys. Yeah, sure. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. But every once in a while, you'll see a guy who will just completely turn the opposite direction and become the biggest douchebag. And I think it's because of the fact that, you know, it's so difficult 
making it, and it's that rage has to go somewhere. I heard, um, uh, who's that short black comic who's massive now? Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. I heard he was like, uh, <laughs> I don't know people's names. Name. I don't know people's names. His name was Kevin Hart. He's on every fucking billboard. No, man. It's uh, yeah. weed. It's a real problem. Uh-huh. It's a real problem. My memory's gone. Um, I heard he, when he got to like improv and stuff, because first they were like, oh, we won't let you in or whatever. And then when they were like, okay, fine, now you're a name. Now we want to pay you a bunch of money. And they were like, if they couldn't meet the guarantees, like, fuck you, pay me. Because he'd be like, all these times when you guys fucking robbed me and said I was two tickets short of a fucking sellout bonus, all this shit, fuck all of you. And they're like, that wasn't me. That was the old manager at a different club. Yeah, yeah. Like, fuck you. Fuck all of these places. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you're losing money on me. Yeah. I think like, that's what happens. Or when, like, you know, Eddie Griffin's deal with clubs where he needs a brand new pair of shoes, white sneakers, every show, isn't because he's selfish. It's just because that that rage is coming out, you know what I mean? And I'm going to make the white man. You wouldn't give me a fucking French fries while I was there? Yeah. And now that he can, he does. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I don't think that's the wisest thing. He gave me some advice once. I booked my first commercial, Uh thanks to you, Bobby. And, um, And I go, you know, I was at Dublin, so it was this girl... Who normally I say hi to, she was like look at me and look away. A comic type person. She was in this in the scene. I forget if she was a comic or just like a booker or whatever. But she was in the scene. And uh <laughs> and then, then I booked this commercial and it was on a lot. And um she goes, Oh, I saw your commercial, it was so nice. And she was being nice to me. And this yeah. is a person who wouldn't even give me the time of day. I wasn't trying to ask her out or anything. Yeah. She was just hello. And just not even like she she's being like a human. Yeah. And then Eddie Griffin was like, it was up in Duncan's office. And he goes, uh, Oh, so you want to know how to like treat those people? Like how to like get back at them? And I was like, sort of. He goes, you fuck them. You, you fuck them. And that's how you get your revenge. You have sex wow. with them. That's pretty good advice. Yeah. Yeah. So you fuck them. Hate yeah. fuck. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then it's like, remember how you wouldn't talk to me? Now I'm, now I'm in you. Yeah. I, I want to ask you about something because, you know, I, you have a way... Because you and I are opposite in the sense that you have I'm this. Go to the bathroom to say this because I got to piss. All right, but you can keep talking, or we can put it on pause, I guess. But. Oh, I guess we. Oh, you can pee while you do it. It's yeah, fucking yeah, weird, yeah. though. But yeah. um, but go ahead. But you have the, you don't have guilt. What do you mean? Like I mean, like I want to know how to be to deal with life in that way where you can just go fuck that person. Well, like, you know that whole thing with the Damien thing? Uh-huh. The girl with the no arm, you know, and she was all upset afterwards? You don't feel guilty about that? I feel guilty about not warning her that this, that was coming. Ah. Uh, that's all. No, not doing it. Doing it is like, that's my art. I made decisions artistically. Yeah. I, I did you did you apologize to her at all in any kind of way or no? Yeah, I'm waiting to see her. She did ask me about it before all that video came out, and uh, she, what's this? And I explained it to her. And I was like, yeah, it's this. It's not going to look good for you. But to be honest, you're like a few people put together. Um, but it's not kind the way I, you came out and, um, right, right. I got a pee now too. No. And, um, and, uh, and then she made that video, but it was like, <laughs> but after the video you haven't, yeah, where I got wrong, I, I thought about it on mushrooms and where I did really wrong was not like saying, Hey, this got picked up by comedy central. So you're probably going to see this. Yeah. Be aware it's coming. That's where I fucked up. And yeah, I feel guilty about that. You should put her on the show now. No, I'm not going to put her on the show. I won't <laughs> let it affect my art. I, you can't let it affect what you do. Somebody said, like, you should put it on the, this is not happening. And I was like, I'm not going to hurt my product for the sake of yeah. someone's feelings. That's, that's, no, that's a terrible. That's a so you have changed growing up then. What do you mean? You used to be a lot more, I don't know, cold, but not anymore. You, there's, I feel like there's warmth, a I lot of warmth. I come off as colder than I am. 
No, I'm no, no, I'm not saying. You know, when we first met, yeah. we were good. We were saying, but then there was a time maybe because when you beat me up or whatever and this, all that stuff. But then, like now, I feel like what? there's like a real warmth about you. Yeah, man, mushrooms and depression. That's what it is. Yeah, it's like it's like uh, I've been to the bottom. It's kind of I guess maybe similar to what 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 you went through with drugs and stuff, abuse. Yeah. But it's like you're at this bottom spot where it's like it's just better than it was. Yeah, you know, and so it's like. And and also the what the mushrooms really help you do is see yourself from the outside looking in, and so you're not just observing some guy; you're observing somebody that you know so well. I know it's not like uh, Bobby went down with his underwear, but you know, no, my neighbors all know me. But from an outsider, I don't know you. But from mushrooms, you're looking at yourself from an outsider, but you know everything about who you're observing. Yeah, and you can look at yourself without ego, and you get to see like, oh, that's a fuck up, that's a fuck up. Although with you and we apologizing to you, Natasha, that wasn't my mushrooms. That was before mushrooms. Yeah. I think it was just a self-awareness moment where I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah. What am I doing? That was unbelievable. You called when you called me. That's, I remember that day. Yeah. It was shocking. It was like, it's like, it's like Darth Vader calling Luke. Sorry about the hand, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Sorry for burning Uncle Owen. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's just that was wrong. I was wrong. I was yeah. wrong to handle it that way. Sorry again. No, don't. Well, I'm good, man. Yeah, I know. You know? Um, yeah, it's the best when people like see that story we did all together. Yeah. Like, you were a fucking dick. I'm like, yeah, I know, man. That's why I went up with all those guys. It's We worked it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't yeah, have to defend yeah. them now. Like, yeah. We're, we're all good. Yeah, I did get a lot of questions like maybe a year or a year and a half ago, but it's died down. But um, yeah. yeah. No, we're good, you know? So many fun, dramatic moments. That's why when they did Mining the Store, it was like, oh, all you really had to do was put hidden cameras there and mics for like a year, and you can have enough footage to make 20 episodes. Oh, my God. Like I- capturing me punching you in the face, capturing throwing back water at Natasha. That's just me. Everybody has these stories. Oh, man, I mean, me and people? Andrew Nice Clay. Yeah. At three in the morning, yeah, we're in the women's bathroom in the main room, right? Mm-hmm. And because we knew that Eddie Griffin was bringing a girl in there to fuck her, <laughs> and him and I stayed in the stalls while Eddie Griffin fucked this like white chick, wow. and we were giggling. <laughs> you know what I mean, I mean, we used to spy on Eddie Griffin. How we can see him go fuck? Yeah, Lee yeah. Hart, David Taylor. We like look like Scooby Doo coming through. <laughs> you know, one head yeah, on top yeah. of the other. Like, oh, he's not in here. He's in the other room. Like, we could like listen. Here's you were, Andrew Dice Clay. With Clay, yeah. I'll tell you the spookiest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. All right. So I was there on a Thursday, and it was like pretty late. It was like one in the morning. And I was working the door there, and, and they were like, hey, just to let you know, the Bella Room is being occupied, but we you can't go in there. Uh-huh. I go, what oh, are they doing, renovations or something? They just go, don't go in there. <laughs> You're like, well, I'm for sure going in. So I go, I sneak up into the green room, right? And I'm by myself, and I... I slowly, you know what I mean? That hallway, that green hallway, right? And I open it up, right? And all the furniture, all the chairs and tables are like brushed off to the side. And there's th- about eight or nine people in a circle. There's candles all over the place. And they're all in robes. What? I swear to fucking God, dude. They're in robes. And they're chanting, okay? Then I look, I sneak up a little closer, but I don't want to make any noise because I think that uh, this is what in my head that I thought Mitzi was there. You know, but it wasn't Mitzi. It was... Lily Tomlin. You know what? They were doing, and Bob Zamuda. They were doing a seance to get in touch with Andy Kaufman. What? Yeah. 
It was fucking cray cray, dude. Wow. And I literally, it stunned me. It stunned me in a way that like I didn't sleep for a couple weeks just thinking about like, should I even be, because in my head, because I'm young, I'm, you know, I'm from the suburbs of San Diego. Yeah. That, that, the end game of making it is being in a robe. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean? Like being like, you know what I mean? You're like... Lily Tomlin? I mean, yeah, with a, Lily Tomlin. Yeah. And it's like you're contacting demons or whatever it might be. You know what I mean? I'm like, I don't think this is this is how people make it. And I, you know what I mean? In my head. And you're like, I don't know. I yeah, but I've never seen anything since. But like, yeah, that happened. Didn't you have one of those where you had like some... some you got invited to some Hollywood party? No, no, no. Next door, the Hyatt. Yeah. Okay, so okay, this is what happened. So I'm at the fucking comedy store. I wasn't working there. I, I, this is probably when I was dating Sarah Highland. Oh, I remember her. Yeah. So this is about maybe seven, eight years ago, and it's late at night. I wanted to go. To, I wanted to go to. I wanted to go to Carney's to get a hamburger or whatever. So I walked to Carney's like one thirty in the morning, and I'm so, and when I was walking back in front of the Hyatt, there's about a hundred Asians all dressed in white, yeah, and mostly women. And at that time, you know, I was on Mad TV, so people knew who I was and whatever, especially Asians. At Carney's was 100 women? No, 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 in front of the Hyatt. Oh, okay. okay. So I'm walking back. I had that like, little, uh, that banana like, stick. Banana stick <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, with the chocolate on it, and I'm it's eating that. Phallic. Right. You know, you just got to lick and it. And I look over, and about eight girls run up to me. Oh my God, it's Bobby Lee, or whatever. And then, hey, I just want to, you know, we're like a sex party. I go, what? Yeah, we're like a sex. It's like a. It's like a club. You dress in white. Yeah, we all dress in white. We do it like you know a couple times a year, different cities and this and that. I go, oh, and I'm like, I got to get out of here because I have a girlfriend or in my head, right? I said, come up. I go, uh, come up. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go up. I'm not gonna touch nobody. All right. So you gotta, see, you gotta see what it is. Yeah. So I go up. I don't know seventh floor or whatever, and they had rented out the whole floor. And they had pried open all the doors. You know how hotel rooms are attached? Yeah. So, you know what I mean? They're, they're, those are like, you know what I mean, open. So it's almost as if walking through like a museum or whatever, right? And um, you walk in, there's like eight guys, two girls, you know what I mean? And these two girls grab me, I swear to fucking God, and they bring me to a room. They go sit there and sit down. So I'm sitting there, I swear to fucking God, and I'm like sitting there, like I'm sweating, I'm scared, right? Because I'm I'm afraid that I'm going to do something right now. I, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm praying to God. I pray. To, I don't even believe in. I believe to God. God, please help me through this. You know what I mean? Yeah. This, you know what I mean? And then these girls start. They start eating each other's puss like sixty nine or whatever. And I'm sitting there on the fucking you know in this chair. Going, and then they get off of the fucking bed, bro. I'm not even fucking kidding me. And they start. They pull up my shirt. They start kissing my stomach. I yanked it down. I stood up. I still had like a, the stick from the. <laughs> Still in my head, you know what I mean? And I fucking book it to the fucking elevator. I fucking t- and I went down and went home. Whoa! I mean, it, it because the thing is, is that the reason why I don't cheat, right, yeah. is because I don't want to relapse, and it's relapse behavior. And especially then, because I was going to a lot of meetings, I just like I just can't do it. But it's like I showed a lot of restraint there. Wow. And resilience. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, because these two girls. But you hate Asian chicks. No, but these two were very good. Very, very good. I remember when you were dating Patty Lee. Oh, my God. And it seemed like an interracial couple. 
because <laughs> you only date white girls. And it was like, <laughs> this is so weird. That's so funny. <laughs> an Asian. Yeah, I know. I mean, she was special, though. She was really cool. Yeah. You know what's so funny about it? Because now, <laughs> that's so funny. Because Patty, yeah. I didn't know this, but she dated David Cho, the artist, no way. before me, for two years. And then she dated Jill on from Lincoln Park oh. for like a year. And she dated me. So this girl, like, Has into the agent. Koreans, yeah. did the gambit, dude. We did a commercial together, me and her. She's great. She's nice, right? Here's the commercial. It was from Shaquille O'Neal's point of view. It was uh-huh. like my third or fourth or fifth commercial. And he's coming into a Burger King, and he just kind of looks around. So this guy had to put a camera on top of his head, pretending like he's Shaq's point of view. Yeah. Look around. And every time they shot, I would run around and go to, the, to see, like, let's play it back. And I would see where the end of the fucking camera angle is. Yeah. And it would be, like, halfway through my booth with Patty. So we were just all the way on the edge, trying to eat French fries, like like leaning out of our booth. Oh, so get you can get in the, the shot. shot. Yeah, and we did. And it made me $15,000. Yeah, you, the thing people don't like know is that just because you do a commercial doesn't necessarily mean you're, you're going to make money oh, after yeah, that. yeah, they don't show you your dumb. You have to be on screen. At least your ear. At least your face, yeah, of some sort, right? So you have to be in it. That's amazing. Yeah, if it's the back of your head, you're out. And back then, you would get like 90 bucks or something every time it aired. Yeah, about about a hundred. Yeah, a hundred bucks every time it aired, and sometimes you would be like sitting watching TV, and you'd watch your commercial air fifteen times, and you're you're just like in your eyes, you're like like fucking money symbols. Yeah, I mean, you yeah, remember like, those days? Play for like football. You're like, oh, oh this is gonna be on God. multiple channels, multiple times a day. I know. You're those... at a bar. You're talking. You're like, see it come on. Like, I just made one hundred dollars. I know. I and mean, those check would just fucking run it come. Oh. Harris actually summed it up the best. What 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 uh, what, is it, what is it called? Residuals. What residuals are? He goes. Imagine if you have a job, job like a real job. You're working at some place, and they go, uh, "Hey, can you uh, can you move that box up to the third floor?" Yeah, sure, okay. You pick the box up and you sweat. You put it up. They're like, "Great, here, here's twenty bucks." And then uh, tomorrow, somebody goes, "Hey, did that box get moved up to the third floor?" And they go, "Yeah." He goes, "All right, we'll pay him again." <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> that's exactly yeah. what it is. And then later they like fucking yeah. clean the third floor. Yeah. Like, oh well, you gotta pay them. I, I call it shadow money. Shadow money. Yeah, because it's like money that doesn't really exist, but does. Yeah. yeah right. It's like you'll like my account will go. You just you know we just got a check for twenty grand from Mad TV like Canada. And you're like I wasn't you're expecting like, that. Was I, that got canceled like eleven years ago or whatever? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like you know what I mean? Stop working. Or, so you you long still get Harold and Kumar checks. Yeah. Not a lot. But like a couple grand a, a year? That's crazy. They, two two that's, grand, I'll go buy some vacation. shoes. That's a vacation. Yeah. Shoes. Whatever, you know two what I mean? Two grand. Yeah. Fucking ch- wearing flip-flops. Yeah, whatever, dude. How much time do we do now? Uh, okay, we have a little bit left. But listen. How, how much do you do? The longer, how long I do you do? just go until it's done with the topic. <laughs> I remember it's in like 45 minutes to three hours. Really? So there's no range. Oh, there's no, no range? Right. There's no commercials I'll be here. I'll be here, bro. Um, how, how was it treating audience members like like when you were like door guys like what, how, how did you view audience members your crew so like what, what year first of all what years were you doing it I want to do this four times so I already did it with Danish and O'Neill I'm calling mm-hmm. it door guys three I'm going to call this door guys two I want one with guys now and I want one with like Argus and like Don Barris types 1996 to 2000 let's say 2001 because I started Mad TV at 2001. And you were still working the door when you got Mad TV? No. So right when I started, when I got the show, I remember going, I don't know. I don't want shifts anymore. After you'd booked the show? Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. It's led right up to that. Yeah, because you don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. You still, even I, I was getting commercials 
And also, I wasn't working These every week. These are good in commercials. Yeah, but I, w- I wasn't working every week, but I still would do shifts, you know, just to do them, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And um, because you you think, you know, you're going to miss out for some reason, that weird thing. Like, Did it feel like I, I'm, I'm working the door, I have to work shifts for some, like, I don't know, reason, some compulsion of like, that's what you're supposed to do, I guess? The, for me, and I ask, I tell young comics this all the time, it's, it's the best school. Because not only you learn you learn the business from at, at the comedy club business as a bar, right? Then you learn, you know, you see a variety uh, of acts, and I mean, because you have the uniform on, yeah, these people talk to you, right? Right. You're not so just some guy bothering you're not them. just a guy. No. So it's like I remember when George Carlin used to come, he used to go, Mister Lee, and then walk in. That's all the conversation I ever had with name? him. He knew my name because one, he asked for it for one time and he always remembered it. And so when you have that, you know what I mean? It's just, and then like, that's how I know Joe Rogan. That's how I know everybody I know in comedy is because I was wearing a comedy store t-shirt. You weren't just a guy hanging out. I wasn't just a guy like a freeloader hanging around. Right. Right. So that's why it's good. And number two, the people that you meet at open mics and also who you're working with are the future you don't see it then because no one has money and everyone has like acne and they have no clo- good clothes, yeah. no cars. But trust me, there's going to be producers. There's going to be huge people coming out of this group. So going to open. You're going to open for right. Because I mean, you know, when I was doing open mic and I was a doorman there, like you know, Chelsea Handler. You never thought in your wildest dreams, you know what I mean? She'd be that big, but. I was friends with her. I always thought that she was funny. You wouldn't even know if she'd be in the business in 10 years. Anybody. Yeah. Anybody was like that. You you, you know, it's you. Yeah. Or me or Swartzen or anybody. You know what I mean? It's like you never think that. And then a lot of these guys, they make get jobs doing other shit. Look at Jordy. Yeah, exactly. Jordy was a comic. Comedy Central. Right. And now he's an executive at Comedy Central. He talks about Kirk a lot. Oh, he does? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Jordy was in my class too. I remember Jordy. I met him at a uh, open mic in Hollywood Boulevard, and I just saw him the other day. And I was mentioning that he was he used to wear this green tie that was like wide, like a clown's. Yeah, yeah. So he'd walk up on stage with a white shirt with this green tie, and he was kind of fat back then. And he used to, you know, then just say "fuck you" to everybody, like he's just really aggressive. Was, you know what I mean? But that was, was his a, uh, it was a style. That was his hook. Yeah, it was his hook. He's just going through shit, I guess. He has kids now. It's fucking unbelievable he's what so happens. friendly and nice. You tell those people, like, yeah, he used to be a really angry comic. And they're like, what? Yeah. He's just a lovable stoner. I know. You're like, he's a different dude, bro. Different time. I remember one time I was at an open mic. This girl, I saw this girl, and she was, like, trying to just stand up or whatever. Her name was Nancy. Yeah. And she was wearing, like, her feet were dirty for some reason. She was, like, wearing sandals. She looked homeless, but she was really cute. Yeah. We talked for a little bit and whatever, and... I always remembered it because she was cute. And yeah. then five years after, six years after that, I was like looking at a Hollywood reporter. Yeah. And she sold two scripts for like $1.5 million. Or Nancy Pimentel? Yeah. Yeah, she wrote for South Park too. Yeah. Wow. Open micers. Yeah. Like fucking crazy open micer. Yeah, she was an open micer. And I just remember go- seeing that going, wow, she's made it. That was still poor, I think. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, you, you, so, you know, I tell... Young guys all the time, it's like, you know what I mean? Even if you're doing open mic with a homeless guy, 
You got to be nice to everybody. Also, you don't fucking really know. No reason to be mean. I mean, there are also, there are people obviously you can walk away from them, but there's no reason to be mean. Right, right, right. You know. Yeah, obviously. So, what? Would, how would you treat audience members? How would you treat customers? What was your What was your relation to them be, be, in, during your your era as a doorman? Mm-hmm. I did. I never did anything shady. Where like, like I know that other people did, like reserve tables and say. Um, Yo, I'll give me a hundred bucks. I'll give you this table. Yeah, I just not. I didn't care about the job or money in that way. So it's like I always just kind of like I wasn't like there was really no system back then. What is like, there a system? It's like the audience there didn't weren't tourists. They were like, you know, I can't explain it. They weren't regular looking audience members. They were the friends of friends. They were on the comp list. You know what I mean? Or People were that were like in the business, or so I just was. I don't know. I I really didn't take it that seriously. So I would just go hey, come in, sit down, and that's it. Yeah. But one time, there was this lady, and I was. I, I want to hear, hear the story. This is this is girl lady, and she goes. She said to me, "I hate it here." I was working the door, and I go. Uh, well, I'll so you can sit down. I'll get your spot, and I gave him. I gave her a glass of wine. For free? Yeah. Yeah. And then afterwards, she goes, what's your name? And I go, Bobby. And she, and she goes, my name is Anne. And then years later, she helped me get signed at Gersh. Oh, really? Yeah. So you see, that's where I met Matt Blake. So you meet a lot of mm. audience members that are that's going to help you. So I was always pretty nice to everybody, I think. Did you ever get laid on, on this job? Did you ever like meet a girl and go next door to the Hyatt or anything like that? Oh, I could, Dude. I would never get any pussy without stand up. And you know, know what you mean. And you know that. <laughs> I mean, I. But when I was twenty three, yeah, the only girls I had ever had sex with were prostitutes. Really? Yeah. And the only ones. Yeah. So I didn't know what it was like to like. Really, I mean, I made out with girls, but I just didn't know how to do it. I was just so shy and meek. Is that a word? Yeah. And I remember I was a doorman at, in La Jolla, and there was this hot girl sitting in the front row, and I used to host the shows in La Jolla on a Saturday. And then I remember this is when Princess Diana died, mm-hmm. right? So after the show, this hot chick looked really sad, and I had a good set. So I just kind of walked, and she was like, we were walking out, you know what I mean, from the showroom together because I had to close the show out. And I just said, I hope you're feeling better. Something like that. So then, maybe 45 minutes later, I get a call f- from the comedy store, and Fred goes, Hey, this girl's on the phone, you know what I mean? For asking for you. So I remember taking the phone, and she's like, Hi, my name is Jennifer. You were really nice to me. I think you're really funny, too. You want to hang out? And then a week later, I'm eating her pussy in Oceanside, California, in her fucking mom's condo. What? Yeah, and it was like the first time where in my head I'm like, this is working. Comedy. Yeah. This is what, this is the fucking key that I've been fucking missing. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? That mysterious key. Because I was a short, little, Asian ching chong. You know what I mean? In my eyes. You know what I mean? I'm just like this little, you know what I mean? Unfuckable little kid. Yeah. And now I'm, she was white. Right? Hot. A beach girl. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was the best. And so 
you know, people go, well, you know, you you did hot chicks. And I go, yeah, but it's only because of the fact that, you know I mean, I have to do extra shit. And I did those things that were scary. But anybody out there, if you you don't have the, you know, genetic lottery, you weren't born like you. You don't have a weird face. Yeah, for sure. Right, for sure. Yeah. yeah. You have to add shit to your arsenal. I'm only good for girls that are into Jewish looking dudes. Yeah, but dude, I'm saying right now that yeah. you wouldn't get the caliber though if you were just you were gonna enterprise. If you and I were working at Enterprise, yeah. we would be dating Francesca Hilton. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Um that's actually not the story about the party I, w- I was thinking about. What? I remember hearing once, I think from what well, you got led up to some like Hollywood Hills party and they were like every A-list celebrity, they named all these celebrities that were in there. And they're like, let's go. It's like a hot tub party. No, no, no. I, I know what the story we were talking about. That wasn't it. I'm going to tell you the story. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you the story. Okay. So I was living. <laughs> this is the story. All right. So I was in Silver Lake, right? I was living in Silver Lake. I remember that place? Right. Near Rage Against Machine Gun. Right, right. Uh-huh. So I was um, in Silver Lake. It was like th- four in the morning. I was sleeping. It was like a Saturday. Mm-hmm. And I, had, I, I usually turn my cell phone off, but it was on. And I look, and it's Mike Young. Right. So I fuck, I pick it up. He goes, Hey Lee. And he goes, Yeah. And he goes, I don't know where I am. That's what he says. <laughs> I go, What? <laughs> I don't know where I am. I go, what, what do you want me to do? <laughs> I don't know where you are. He goes, he goes, I don't know. You know where my car is. I need help. Like he seemed distraught. So he goes, right, wait, wait, look in the street. Where are you? You know what I mean? He goes, I think I'm on Vine. <laughs> right? So anyway, he's at that three of clubs place. Oh yeah, right. But in like kind of like further down the street, south. I come pick him up. Shady. It's like four in the morning. Yeah. I go, "Where's your car?" He goes, "I don't remember where it is." I, he goes, he, tell, "He tells me where to go. Go up in the hills, take a ride on Mahal, and we're up in the hills, and we go to the top of the mountain or whatever. And there's this gated, beautiful house. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like." This is not where your car is. You know what I mean? Because he's a comic. Yeah. Right? He gets out and he pushes a code onto the fucking thing. The gate opens. Right? Oh. And then I drive into the fucking house. And we see his car. And I park. And now he's on the phone. I don't know what he's saying. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you know what I mean? And then he, he goes, You want to come in? And I go, What? No, I'm tired. Whose house is this? Toby Maguire. Right? Huh. He whoa. goes, I go, whoa. Toby Maguire. He's like, Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. Leo, Toby, Mark Wahlberg, and and Mike are gonna jacuzzi. <laughs> right? And he had asked Toby if it was cool if I came in too. Right? Yeah. So then I go, No. I dropped him off and I fucking left. Why no? Because this, if there's a 1% chance that it was like a fucking gay thing, right? So I'm in the jacuzzi. One, even if it's a 0.009% chance, I'm sitting in the jacuzzi, and then Spider-Man dick is in my face, I would have to suck it. <laughs> that would, you would have to. Because it's so like, oh, this is what I... Yeah, because you, your career and everything that you <laughs> aspire for, all the hard work... They, they're all three together could bury the fuck out of you. And they can make so you, you massive too. Yeah, they can make you massive. And I, instead of like, even if it was like a barely a chance, I wasn't going to risk it. 
<laughs> because I would have sucked in and I would have let them all three fuck me in the butt. You know what I mean? <laughs> I would have. And then I and then I would have left home there, not ever talked about it. Yeah. And it would just be one of those things that like I couldn't watch any of their movies again. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I can't watch Revenant to my girlfriend. Why? <laughs> I don't want uh, to. Something <laughs> happened. You know what I mean? But like you couldn't, you, so it would just ruin the rest of my life, really. <laughs> That's where I was with after Natasha left me for that dude, that yeah. TV guy. I yeah. know, Comedy Central ran it fucking nine times a day. And I had to like not watch Comedy Central so I could see the guy who's fucking my girlfriend now. Oh, Ron, yeah. Yeah, I was like, ah. Have you, you haven't talked to him, have you? No. Uh, I might have seen him once in Toronto or something. Yeah. I like, hey, man, I don't, I don't, I really didn't care about him at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. It was a weird fucking thing, man. What um what uh I know what you're talking about though in terms of like I don't want to put myself in a position of having to make that choice. Uh, yeah. Well I, I think that was good survival skills on my part. <laughs> get out of there. Yeah, you have to get out. Because some douchebag would have been like, Yeah, I'm gonna make connections. Yeah. And the dicks come out. One thing got to another. I don't know. Oh uh, yeah, and then you you have to make that rapid decision, right? As long as you can think it out. There's only one choice is to suck their dicks. <laughs> <laughs> think about it think about it there's only one choice in that situation yeah right what is the other choice to go fuck you you know what I mean Ooh, get the fuck away from me yeah that's that's over you pack your bags know, what's your name again <laughs> yeah two E's, A-R- right? yeah 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 I mean it's over so then you know I made the, the right choice <sighs> and you know and, and obviously they're not gay and nothing ever happened and, so know. I tell you in AA too like just don't even go don't go to a bar don't go to a bar and yeah, say nothing. Right? Yeah, 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 Why yeah, would you yeah, even yeah. go there? Yeah, don't go to a bar. So I'm not going to go to a jacuzzi party. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. What did you think and how much did you have to deal with Peter Chen? And what was your relationship to him? Okay, I'm going to say something about him. I'm going to say something about... For me... Yeah. Asians doing comedy started with Margaret Cho. Like she was the first. Anything before that yeah. is bullshit. Hmm. Anything b- b- before that was um, every, like when Johnny Yoon in the 70s, there was a Korean comic named Johnny Yoon. He later did a couple of movies called They Call Me Bruce. Okay. But Johnny Yoon's opening line was, Haddle. Oh. And that used to get a three minute applause break. Just He was just cooning. I mean, imagine white people have never seen a com- an Asian stand-up, right? And they sit there and some guy, you know, you leave 45 seconds of not saying anything. Selling out the race. Right. But that is what he did to survive in the 70s. And I get it. I probably do the same thing. Probably yeah. not, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, and then Tamayo was, Tamayo. Atsuki was kind of, you know what I mean, getting more toward, you know what I mean? But she had that. I remember that. Even those jokes, like she was a full geisha. Kimono, yeah, kimono, yeah. Kimono. yeah. Goes, My name is Tamayo Otsuki. Otsuki, uh, oh no, Tamayo. I mean pearl. Otsuki, I mean harbor. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny joke. Yeah. That's a funny joke. But she didn't have to present it in that Asiany way, right? I mean, she could do it right now. I mean, if you do that joke, like, hey, my name is Tamayo Otsuki. Uh, a lot of people know what my name means in Japanese. My parents uh, celebrate it. means Pearl. Yeah. My last name means Harbor. Then the light would come on and they'd drag me off stage. They'd drag you up. Yeah, yeah. But if you're like, it's that cooning thing. I'll yeah. sell out my race for the sake of a joke. Yeah. And then Margaret was the first person where I saw and went, 
oh, I can do it now because... She's an American. She's not even an American. She's more my type of person, and um, it's she's doing a good thing, I think. And uh, my problem with Peter Chen is that he's from that old school fobby thing. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, I, I, he never liked me in the beginning because he Fob, saw me as a threat. The yeah, he, he saw me as a threat. Because he had the Asian spot. That's right. That's what it was. It's when you don't have any, like, real, no white guy, when another white comic starts, another white male comic, no one's like, fuck. Because they're like, yeah, man, I don't know, we're all just doing jokes. Yeah. But if, like, you're one of the only girls in town and another girl comes, it's like, oh, you hurt my chances of, of being needed. Yeah, but I don't. Asian. Yeah, but I don't like. For me, the other night uh, it was it went Ali Wong, Steve Byrne, and then me in a row. Right, right. Yeah, you guys aren't doing hacky Asian material. But to me, yeah, that doesn't. I don't think Ali that Wong's that. talking about her kids. Yeah, having kids. Yeah, Steve Byrne is talking about you know the observation, not observation, whatever he yeah. does. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're doing fucking degenerate jokes. Yeah, but um, to me, it's like so. He, what, yeah, so so Peter. Yeah, and I feel bad for him, but I mean, he—I've seen him in some commercials, so he's mm-hmm. doing fine in life. There was another guy in San Diego named Wally Wong. Wally Wong, do you remember him? Uh huh. And he hates me because, um, and this is fucking—this is such bullshit. I'm going to say the story one last fucking time, and I'm never going to talk about it again. Okay. okay. When I lived in San Diego, and Wally, if you're listening to this, fucking listen to me right now, you fuck. Okay. When I was living in San Diego and I was doing open mics, okay, I didn't have a lot of time, as you don't have time because you're new, okay? I get Make Me Laugh, which is a, there's a TV show called Make Me Laugh on Comedy Central. Okay. All right? I I booked it. Mark Cohen was the host. The reason why I have the manager I have now, Abby, Uh is because of that show because she was there. Abby? Yeah. Hell yeah, man. That's loyalist shit. I'm very loyal. So, and what it, what the show is is that three comics are there. You have three contestants or two con- two contestants. They call a comic and they try not to laugh while the comic tells jokes. And if they laugh, they lose money or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's funny, right? So, and the and Pat Buckles who books it. I like Patty. Buckles. I love Pat. She goes, "Don't worry about it. I know you don't have a lot of time, but they're going to get picked once. So just have a joke ready." Yeah. So I go, "Okay," and they keep picking me. They keep picking me, right? And in my head, I'm like, and after I did my last clean joke, I'm like, that's it. They can't pick me again. I have nothing else. Yeah. But in my head, I'm like, survival, like, think of something. So Wally Wong had a joke. Oh, okay. no. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm admitting it. Yeah. Has a joke about uh, Asian people look alike. You know what I mean? We shared, the, my family and I shared one ID or whatever. Uh-huh. Right? So then I go, I'll just do that, but switch it. So I'll say, Asian people look alike. I had my grandmother go to school for me. You know what I mean? Uh She killed it at prom. You know what I mean? Whatever the joke was, right? So I took a premise, similar. I stole it. Yeah. Did it. Driving back, felt completely guilty. I did it on TV. Good. And walked up to him, and I said, dude, I just did this Comedy Central show, and I did one of your jokes. I mean, I changed it. But I admit it. I feel fucking bad. You want money? What do you want? All right? Yeah. And he goes, fuck you. He never talked to me ever since. In fact, you know, it's so funny because eight years ago, I'm with Shema. And yeah. Shema goes, oh, I got to show you this. Oh, you started with her in San Diego, right? Yeah, Shema too. 
and she now opens for Carrot Top. And so Shema gives me a letter that the Wally Wong had written to her, yeah. saying that Shema, can you please help me in LA or whatever? Um, I'll do anything. You know, I'll do any show, this and that. But if Bobby Lee is involved, I cannot do it. And it's like, bitch, like I'll in like I would do a show with you, Wally. I'm a fucking headliner, bitch. You know what I mean? You're threatening Shama like I won't work with Bobby. I won't work with you, bitch. Yeah. But he did that. So he's still mad about it 20 years in. That's the thing, too. That's what I mean about spiting yourself after a while. It's like, okay, so you're not going to do a show because this bigger person is going to be on it. So you're losing stage time for yourself. Yeah. It's over, ridiculous, people. thing. I mean, man. I, and it's not like I fucking. And it ain't like you're like, yeah, I'm right. You're like, I was wrong, man. But, I admitted but, it up front. I mean, but it's a joke and calm down. It's like hacky it's joke two decades. that if you did it anywhere in any club now, they would yank you off now, stage. Yeah. Right? So it's like back 20 years ago, you know what I mean? Remember that guy who's doing that joke? He said some somebody, the warm-up guy for some like show, like America's Got Talent or something. Somebody did a joke. because that's my bit. I've been doing that bit for 20 years. Oh, it was uh, the Greg Wilson did it. Yeah. He goes, that's my bit. I've been doing it for 20 years. It's bullshit. You stole it. And Greg's like, dude, I've never heard of you. I, you're a warm-up guy. I don't know. <laughs> but then everybody's yeah. point was like, wait. You've been doing a bit for 20 years? <laughs> How do you live with yourself? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. People get crazy about it, and it's like, somebody said, I have this new bit. Anyway, somebody said some other open micer did my bit, then my new bit, one of my new bits. Yeah. I'm like, all right. Like, yeah. I, I, wanna, I don't give a fuck. I'm not going to do a fight over this. Yeah. It's, it's, I saw somebody go up to Freddie Soto once and say that. He goes, you know the thing where uh, you, you, your dad stepped on roaches and left him there? Yeah. Goes, you know, I, I do the same bit. And Freddie's like, oh, cool, man. He goes, yeah. So, I mean, so what do you want to do? I'm like, I mean, yeah, keep doing it. I'm going to keep doing it too. So, yeah. best of luck to you. I, I don't, <laughs> I'm not going to enter into this fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you don't seem like you sound like you stole it from me. I know I didn't steal from you. So yeah, fucking, we're both going to do it. Yeah. Yeah, go for it, man. Yeah. Have a it's good time not, I mean, it's like there's linear, people know who's the thieves are. Yeah. People know. So, what did you learn overall from your time at the store? Like, what did you get? What did you lose? Not your time at the store. Time as a door guy. I, I'll tell you what. When I think about who I am as a comic, uh-huh. in my head, like I, I know, like we're talking about that with like in terms of like what kind of women you could get. I think of myself as that loser dude. You know, I know I'm doing better now. I'm, I have a TV show and, I, and I'm, I'm a successful comic. So some people might look at me in a certain way, but how I view myself, the category I put myself, and it's kind of a, just a mediocre looking, just dude. Yeah. You know. Um, and where I view myself as a comedian is I still sort of associate myself with being a door guy. Yeah. I still feel like a door guy. But I think that that's the best way to be, though. Because the thing is, is that when I go to the comedy store, right, I look at the doorman. I, don't, I honestly don't view myself in a different way than them. Like, I look at the guy, so I might not even know their name, but I don't feel like, oh my God, I'm Bobby Lee and I have all this, these TV credits. Mm-hmm. I mean, I say, what's up, or whatever. Like, and the thing is that it always reminds me also of how difficult it was, you know what I mean, to get to where I am now. Yeah, they had to, I sometimes forget that level of like uncertainty and like, what's going on? How do I do this? I look at them like, hey, how you doing? And like, well, how do you, what? Yeah. I mean, I always looked at Galern coming when I signed up for Open Mic. For potluck before I was an employee and looking at a parking, I was like, "That's a professional comedian." Yeah, how does he park here? How did you get to that level? <laughs> I know. And it was just like I forget sometimes, but like, hey, I gotta talk. I to tell a story to doorman now, yeah. right? That I go, especially if they were working the back door, because yeah. I was in working the back door in nineteen ninety nine or two thousand, two 
2000. It was my last six months there. And I was sitting there and Bob Ross, Bob. You spoke tonight show. That yeah, day? yeah. Those uh-huh. guys. Bob uh, and Ross. Bob and Ross. Yeah. They, um, they came up to me. They were Bob and Ross. And I go, cool. And they go, we booked the tonight show. Uh, oh, you want to come in? No, we want to talk to you about it. And I go, what? <laughs> yeah. And they're like, yeah, we've been watching you. You know what I mean? Because I had fallout spots and whatever. You know what I mean? And this is right a month before Mad TV. I even auditioned, really. Uh-huh. So they had already been aware of me before Mad TV. You were trying to get to Montreal and couldn't? Couldn't, no. Yeah. And then it took me maybe nine months to a year to get back actually on this night show. I mean, I booked Mad TV and then I did the night show, but yeah. they had came up to me before that. So I was already on there. And I feel like me working the door, you know what I mean, was a good thing in that way where... I think people look at you, especially if you become funny, somebody that went through boot camp, you know, and was able to survive these difficult elements because it's very humbling to do, to work the door. You're there for a long time, from seven or six till two, three in the morning. Mop up vomit. Yeah, there's vomit you have to clean up. You have to fucking manhandle drunk people outside. You have to... um, It's not you're a big guy. Right. You see comics that get passed that you know you're funnier than. It's almost like those comics only serve the purpose of driving you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you're. I don't even know if you're around anymore. You might have been a dream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like yeah. The dream served a purpose. Be like, fuck, I'm better than him. It's so frustrating. Yeah. And people look at that as like a bad thing. I think that's a good thing. I think that it, it motivates you, uh-huh. right? Like I still to this day have never been to Montreal. You know what uh, I mean? And I think the reason why I don't go is because of that anger when chest. I was when I was in New Faces and I couldn't go. The chest go. is there. What? The chest is still open yeah. for that. No, I don't, I'm not mean to the guy. I'm, the new guy, what's his name? I like him Robbie. a lot. Yeah, Rob, I, I, he hugs me and they offer me, <laughs> they offered it to me. Yeah. I said, like, I, don't, I don't go. And they go, why? Because yeah. of what you did in New Faces. Wouldn't take you. Or when they did 20 years ago. Like, oh, you're on Matthew Day, so we can't take you anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I still have... It's not a bitter thing or a fuck you, the Montreal Comedy Festival. It's one of those things where it's just kind I of... I don't care anymore. It just motivates me, you know what I mean, in, in, in a way, you know? Yeah. Yeah, sometimes I like to get to the point, like, oh, you're still mad? I'm like, no, I'm not mad. I just... I don't care. Yeah. So I don't want to go to your party. I'd rather go see a movie. I just don't care about your thing. I'm not mad at you. Yeah. But we're just not friends. No, I'm friends with them. I yeah. want to. I don't want to do the ethnic show. Oh, right. You know what I mean? I don't want to do the dirty show. I want to do the gala show. Dirty show's fun. They never had me do a gala. Dirty show's fun. Yeah, but you know what I mean? They're, they tape you. You're there for two weeks. Yeah, right? I mean, time. there's a lot of elements that I'm like, ah, you know what I mean? Bring your girl up. Maybe I'll go. Dude, the nasty show is a Because fu- here's the deal. You go there a week before, all the, it's just French, and that's the only English-speaking show. So you're there with like six guys, and you just become really close with them. Yeah. Six dudes, and you run the city. Yeah, you just run around. I did it with Jeff Ross once and Jeselnik and Big J, and it was like, man, we all became really good friends. You yeah. know, just sat in the back steps in between your spot. You had three spots on a Friday, three on a Saturday, and just in between, you go do fifteen, then come sit in the back steps with everybody, smoke cigarettes, do whatever you want. I don't know. I, I mean, want, uh, you know what? You know, you just convinced me to do it. Really? I swear to God, you did. And I, I, I want to do it now. Yeah. Okay, are we fucking done now, man? This is fucking yeah, long, bro. Let's talk about your new podcast first. <laughs> I will mention something on the intro too. What? All right. So, um, you introduce in the intro. Yeah. I have a podcast called Tiger Belly. It's under All Things Comedy. It's a, oh, nice. 
I'm one of the founders of Tiger of All Things Comedy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, if you were one of the founders, then um, I'm so weird that you didn't even know that I was under well, your umbrella. I'm not right. um, a good employee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm just like I'm sure you guys got it right. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, so I'm under that umbrella, and um, it's me and my girlfriend and my friend Gilbert, and it's really fun. What? What? Are you, any theme or anything? It's just you we talk about um, my sexual sexual problems. Yeah, and I talk about. You know, racism, like, we really harsh on Asians. We oh, talk really? about that, yeah. How many, is Gilbert Asian? He's, yeah, he's a Filipino. How many hookers do you think you fucked in your time? I mean, that's a fucking, what? You already said when you were 23, you'd only had sex with hookers. I know, but that's a fucking, what? It's too, it's too, it's too much. All right, let me think. We can, I mean, sure. Let me think, let me think, let me think. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, obviously. I really, I honestly, my, 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 I honestly don't know. Do you think it's a thousand? No. Okay, okay, okay. Whoa. Now, yeah, whoa, 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 so whoa, Not even half that amount. Do you think it's more than a hundred or less than a hundred? This is where I'll, this is where I'm going to, st- uh, okay. It's close. <laughs> it's close. It's close. <laughs> because you have to understand, I'm going to, just listen to me, Ari. You have to understand this. When I was in high school, all right, yeah. a senior in high school, right, I started going then, oh. right, and since it's only fifty dollars, no, back then it was forty dollars to have sex with a girl. Forty out of liters? Yeah, back then in the eighties. Oh. Yeah, in eighty nine. Man, it's it's gone up in value less than gas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we used to go then, and then when I was a waiter. At a restaurant on Wednesday nights, me and the staff, guy sand staff. Dog. What? In Sand Dog? What's Sand Dog? That's what the Marines call San Diego. Yeah, Sand Dog, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in San Diego, we used to go on every Wednesday, and we used to do the trifecta. We'd do three. What? Three girls in one night. What? Yeah. What do you mean? And we would go to Adelita first, and then we'd Adelita, go to sh- Chicago nut, Club. Wait, Nut, and then we'll go have a burrito, and then go to Chicago? Yes, Nut. Eat a burrito, another burrito, or you know what I mean, and then we'll go, go get buy like a ceramic you know, oh, yeah. Bart Simpson or whatever, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. then you would go and um, do another one. Yeah, we should do trifectas. Wow. So, and that was in nineteen before ninety five, so ninety three. So it's like I I've been there. You know, I'm not saying that what I did was clean or uh, no I'm not proud of it, but yeah. you know what I mean. It's how I survived. I literally never thought I would ever get laid in my life. So what do you do when you're like young, you have a little bit of cash, you're right by fucking Tijuana Funland? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you did it. A lot of people did it. Yeah. I don't mind hookers. I'm, I'm thinking I might be done after Thailand. It was like, this wait, is wait, 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 Oh, you went, to, when did you, went, you went to Thailand when? April. Oh, that's right. I didn't talk to you since then. Would you went? Yeah, I went. Where'd you go? Which hooker? No, what place? Oh, I went to uh, uh, Phuket for just one night. Then I went to the island for this full moon party. Uh, Kosamui, Kofinyang. Yeah. And then I went to uh, Bangkok for a couple of days. Then I went to Chiang Mai in the north. Wait, in ba- Bangkok, did you go to a place? No. Oh. But the guy I was with fucked a lot of hookers. He had just gotten out of a relationship. And yeah. It was like bad for like two years. So yeah. He was like, it's time for my sex vacation. Yeah. And so he went nuts. I just came with him a couple of times. But he would always find the hot ones. And one time he walked in, he's like, oh, excuse me. And he walked like right as we were walking down the street. He goes, oh, got to Did you do any? Well, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll go with you because he's been pushing me. Did you me. do any? Yeah. How many? And so I just one. And I went in and I was like, oh, that was the only hot one. And you, you fucked get stuck. up. I told you to go to Bangkok and go to this place called Amsterdam. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You go in there. Oh, no. I did go there. I did go there. You did? With the three floors? Yeah. Yeah. No, you didn't find anyone in there? 
I had a genital wart pop up then. <laughs> at that point, and it was like, I don't no, want to uh, give a wart. Are you real? real? A, yeah, I don't want to give a wart to a fucking tie hooker. Well, is that from your you have STD? A wart. I'm sort of STD. It goes yeah, yeah. away, but you know, well, it's a wart. It does, there's a pus in there, or nah. it just comes up. And my wart, I mean, like it is like that big. Yeah, they don't give a fuck. Eh, it just means that some guy, some British dude's gonna get it. Yeah, fuck the English. Yeah, <laughs> I just didn't want to do it. All right, I know you're right. That's but the good. guy I was with talked to a girl. Like, Come on, man, talk. These girls are all real cool. And he went home with one back to our hotel we were staying at. Yeah, hooked up. And he goes, "How much I owe you?" She goes, "No, no, 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 no. This one's on me." They're which I heard about. They're, they're great. They're just like you seem cool. I don't. I don't yeah, want that to be great. about money. That's great. I've always had to pay every single time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the one I was with, it was just lame. It was like oh, you gotta wear a condom. It's a thick condom. Yeah. And it's just like this isn't. She's just laying there, and she's like, oh, what? Is it? It's also humid and hot. Yeah, it's hot. Yeah, yeah. It's a mosquito. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stinging me. You're getting malaria. I don't want to do yeah, this. Yeah. And then it's like, and I had a girl at home, and it was like, I just got late. I'll get late again in another week. Yeah. You know, but at the time, like when you took me down there and I couldn't really get laid, like, yeah, this is fucking valuable. I want it. You know, yeah, when I went I to mean, Brazil, it's like, I want this. This was just like, it was just a lay there girl. But honestly, then I heard right next door, my buddy, you're, oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, well, he's having a good time. Yeah, yeah. She seems to enjoy it. Like when I went to Amsterdam, yeah. I never got really laid. You didn't? No, this is what I would do. I was shooting that movie with Michelle Yao. Yeah. You know, from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Oh, really? Yeah. So I was shooting a movie with her. and I The young one, the recruit? From no, Crouching? the older one. Oh. The fucking Meryl Streep of Asia. Oh. Right? So I would be having dinner with her uh, like a four seasons. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, and then she goes, so what are you going to do after? I'm going to just go back to my hotel room, take a moped to Amsterdam. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. And then what I would do is I would, um, great. I would take the shower and then I would lay on my stomach and they would eat my butthole for 15 minutes. You can ask them. What? Yeah. And I did that. And then I would. You did that? Yeah. And, and I would um, pull my pants back up, give them whatever the bot was. Bot. Yeah. And then I would uh, leave. And I did that out of power. Really? Yeah. Control. I didn't get off on it. It was a weird thing. I need therapy, I think. If I think about it. Because it's one of the things I was just on my stomach. And while she's eating my butt, I'm just kind of nodding at the world. Like, yeah, yeah that's where I'm at. Like leaning back, yeah, yeah, that's who I am. Yeah, yeah. I have a bit where I do like a sitcom headshot thing where I, I do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, It's just like you you ponder about life, you ponder about you know what I mean. Really clear your mind while that. It really does. It really does. I only had that once. I felt bad for her. Not as a hooker, a regular girl. Yeah, I I, I was like, you don't want to be back there. Yeah, but I make. I swear to God, I'm like universally funny. Like I can make. I don't even know the language. I can make anyone laugh. Sure can. No, I really, I just do a funny dance yeah. in the room. I mean, I'll, you know I mean, I'll do stuff <laughs> to, to lighten the mood, right? And you then they're like, Thailand. Oh, what? You know, I was going to say, maybe you're Asian, but not in Thailand. You're not Asian. You're just somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I had to like step it up, uh, right? I tip more, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not saying that it's right. I'm just saying that I, I did it. I used to do it. That was your advice to me when, when at Adelita's. You're like, uh, right off the bat, like, just pay him early. Right before they even start, pay, yeah. give them an extra 20 so they know, like, hey, this is all yours. Yeah, yeah. If it's 70, here's 90. I know. I feel so bad. I taught all you guys those bad things. Why? That's the right way to do it. I know, but you, I, mean, I want to name the names, but so many guys would go down there. I mean, I remember You're when my brother, to Bobby Mike Black, oh my God. yeah, man, would drive down there in a shitty car. 
and then like it would break down. I remember it broke down, and they had a hitchhike. I mean, it was just like adventure, fucking crazy, dude. All right, so everybody listen to Tiger, Tiger Belly, Belly. all yeah. things comedy. You got any uh, dates you want to promote coming up? Like, um, uh, I am playing three um, weeks from now and on. When does this air? Probably three weeks from now. Fuck well, it. Unless unless you have a date, I'll just hold it till then. A big thing coming out. No, no. I mean, I, I, yeah, I can look away. Just stay, stay right here. I, I have dates. I, I'm going to go to my website. May, May. Give me some May dates. May, May. May or okay, June. hold on, hold on. Bobby yeah. Lee Live. Or the next time you're going out, like four weeks. Just hold on. Okay, okay. Bobby Lee Live is your website. Yeah. Baby, Instagram, Twitter, Bobby Lee Live. Okay. Here's Bobby Lee Live. Dot com and then I'm gonna go to here. What is that dates tour? Yeah, I go to my tour dates okay. thing. Okay, all right, it's loading. It's, just relax. I'm pretty relaxed. I Everything's fine. Easy. Yeah, and then a tour. Yeah. Anyway, um, listen, I really well, Bobby's looking. I'll be in Madison, Wisconsin. I'll be in uh, <laughs> I'll be in Nashville right before Bonnaroo, June eighth. I'll be in Madison and 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 maybe hopefully Appleton in uh in May. Okay, what is it? And what dates? Just give me some May. May 6th. May 6th, yeah. May 6th, I'll be in Gotham Comedy Club. In New York. In New York. May 12th, I'll be in Stand Up Live, Phoenix, Arizona. You should stay an extra day in, 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 uh, at Gotham. Why? Me and Diaz are going to go see David Gilmore in Madison Square Garden on, on May 9th. I don't want to watch him by himself. Fair enough. So what? Say him again. I already said it, but I, I, it's, uh, I'm doing uh, Gotham Comedy Club May 6th through the 7th. In New York City. May 12th through the 14th, Stand Up Live in Phoenix. Phoenix, Arizona, May 12th through the 14th. Go to Bobby Lee Live for tickets and go, listen to his, really most important, listen to his podcast. Yeah, Let's Tiger Belly. Let's get that going. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, you know what? Can I say something? What? I've been wanting to do your podcast for a fucking year. Since, yeah. And I've been asking you for a fucking year. I've been year. gone for most of it. It doesn't matter. Okay. A fucking year. Yeah. Right? And I'm just glad that it came about. Yeah. Okay. And next time you're here, I want you to do Tiger Belly. It's fun. Absolutely. We had cameras. It's great. Oh, cool. The whole setup. We can talk about we talk about everything that we talked about here. Yeah. Like my girlfriend knows all about my fucking problems. Oh, nice. That's all the prostitutions. I've been like, shut the fuck up, my girlfriend. She's like, you didn't do it now. You did it ten years ago. People get weird with that, like not owning up to their past. No, you know what it is. It's like I, didn't, I don't do it anymore. Who cares what I did? Podcasts have taught me. First of all, podcasts have kind of reinvented my career. Why? Because. People know, knew me as this like wacky sketch guy on a f- stupid sketch show, right? Not the fun degenerate that you are. But I, when I'm like Opie and Anthony and all this, the things I've done, I just talk like this and about my life. I don't give a fuck. And it, it created a huge, a different audience for me. And now I go to shows. I sell tickets because of it. Oh. And it's, it's almost doubled my fucking shit. Wow. You know? So, I mean, just I'm grateful. Just to be for- your, uh, the honest comic that you are. Just be like, well, here's who I really am. So yeah, because I don't really. I mean, networks hate me or whatever. I don't give a fuck. You can't. I mean, NBC, you can't be who you are. And I've done several CBS, things for them. Yeah, no way. You no. have to be like, hey, we need you to bury a lot of this. I mean, for love, what Judd did was in between seasons, he goes, Judd. come, Judd Apatow, yeah. come into the writers' room because we don't know much about your character. Season of what? Of love on Netflix. Are oh, you on that show? Yeah, I think about love in general. Yeah, on love on Netflix. Is that the Aziz show? No, that's called um, Master of None. Is is that the uh, is that the uh, Paul Rust show? Yeah, I'm Paul on the Rust? Paul Rust show. Oh yeah. hell yeah, I love Paul Rust. So I go in there, and the writers like, "So what's your sexual deal?" And they would ask me, and I literally told them everything. Yeah, like I talked about now, and they wrote an episode around it. Really? Yeah, like in the show, I'm shooting it. I'm not going to now, but anyway, I, I don't want to reveal anything. But I'm just saying that it's the first time in my life. 
being on something where I don't have to hide who I am and a mask. You know what I mean? I mean, I show up. I'm I, I'm professional. I know my lines. All that stuff. Yeah. In terms of like my voice, I'm not a ba- sexual deviant. I'm just a guy that swears. You get down I, once in a while. I talk about things. Yeah. Anyway, um, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks, Bobby. Thank you, Bobby Lee, for talking to me. This was recorded back when I was in LA. It was probably recorded two, three months ago. Um, so all of Bobby Lee's dates are probably invalid. I should look up his dates, actually, now that I think about it. BobbyLeeLive.com, right? I remember right. Bobby Lee Live. Um, yep, Bobby Lee Live. Was Bobby Lee taken? Almost definitely. Oh, what a funny, stupid picture of Bobby Lee. Um, May 25th is over. Oh, he's taking Matt Edgar with him. Parlor Live this weekend in uh, Bellevue, Washington, where I'm going to be June 21st. But I'm going to be in actual Washington, not fucking, fucking Bellevue. Between June 9th through 11th with Matt Edgar. Then June 6th, uh, then uh, Raleigh, North Carolina is going to be at Charlie Goodnice, June 16th through the 18th. Sacramento, the punchline, July 22nd through 24th. Arlington, Philadelphia, Brea, Calgary, Oxnard, San Francisco. Get tickets at BobbyLeeLive.com. I will also be in Calgary um, July 14th, I think, for an Ari Shafir and Friends show. Everybody put pressure on Burt Kreischer to come with me. Uh, go tweet him and say, Burt, come on, come to that show, please. It'll be fun. I already did my hour there, so I only probably have like 20 minutes of new material, so I'm not going to do another hour there. But I want to see Stampede, so it's Ari Shafir and Friends take Stampede. Uh, Matt Edgar will be coming with me. Kathleen McGee will be joining us. And uh, yeah, you guys, pressurize Kreischer. Danish and O'Neill have a new uh, web series out starting today. Danish and O'Neill episode one, Babysitters, is out now. Check that out. I tweeted about it. Um, Nashville, Wednesday. Seattle, Los Angeles at the Comedy Store. Other places, other places, other places. I'll be doing my storyteller show in Edinburgh, in uh, fucking Montreal. Probably four nights. Dublin. Edinburgh, all of August after that, except for Dublin's August 3rd. And then Edinburgh starts August 4th through the 26th. Every single night at the Hive. Get tickets now. Tell all your friends that are coming um, to the Edinburgh Festival. Check out Ari Shavir if you want to see what an actual American hour looks like. No theme, all funny, solid. This is the hour I'm going to be recording. I delayed it so that I could get these fucking 30 reps in in, in Edinburgh. Otherwise, I would have already recorded it probably this weekend, actually. This coming weekend, I would have. that's when I would have done it. Um, ugh, these pubes are still not grown back from the, from the pube beard on Tripoli. It looks weird. Dick looks weird with no pubes around it. I mean, some pubes, but not nearly as many. It's like I have pubapisha. Alopubesha. 
That's what I should have said. I apologize. Guys, to my listeners, I apologize for not going straight to Alapupsha. Um, so that's it. Did you guys enjoy the episode? I mean, Mitzi really did have us be door guys. I'm really sure to learn. But man, it was shitty. It was shitty and it was fun. It was some of the best times of my life. The only shitty part was not knowing what the path was going to be. It was not knowing that uh, eventually this was going to turn into like a, a, a solid career where I'm fine, where I can survive any sort of backlash against me based on me and my enjoyment of tearing down idols. Um, people got mad at me for making fun of Beyonce. People got mad at me for making fun of that fucking Marine Blue Angel who died. And uh, that's what I do, you guys. If you got an idol, I'm going to try to destroy it. Um, Prince, anyone who dies and everyone reveres them, that's when a comic, the type of comedy that I do, that's when we go after them. Like, fuck you. Don't worship anyone. Um, is that it? I gotta start taking skateboard lessons. That's what I'm gonna do. That's what I'm gonna do. For all my tour dates, go to AriTheGreat.com or AriShafir.com. Use my Amazon link to do all your Amazon shopping, and I get cash back, and it helps pay for this podcast and for my continued lack of respect for any sort of backlash. I will continue giving you guys. I don't make a lot of money. I don't have a uh, fly out or girl money, but I do have, uh, you know, use a second condom midway through sex money. Uh, and if you support me, not only do I kick it back and pay the podcast guests, which I believe every podcast should do, excuse me, every podcast is making money, should give some of that to their guests. Bobby Lee took two hours of his time to come do a fun podcast with me. Why shouldn't he get paid if I'm like making money? If the MeAndies money is coming in, if the Amazon.com money is coming in, why not kick some of that back to him? That's my feeling. I hate the UCB. I hate the UCB for not paying their comics, for not paying them. The people who make audience members come out to see the shows, I hate them for that. So I won't be a part of that. And I won't want to wait until there's a union who says you have to pay. I'm just preemptively saying when comics do work, when comics are funny, that's what their profession is. Um, so they use their profession to make someone money. They should get some of that money. So I pay the comics. So when you go to Amazon.com through Ari the Great, there's a banner right there for Amazon.com and another one for Amazon.ca if you're in Canada. If you go to that, you will support me paying these comics, doing what's right. Uh, for the podcast who don't pay the comics, hey, you know what? It's a new medium. I don't expect you to, but my feeling is you should. You should pay them. Because they're coming out of your way to fucking do the podcast. Well, they're getting uh, press out of it. They're getting more known. You know what? Yeah, sure, maybe. But you know what else you get known for? Doing The Tonight Show. And they pay. So, you know what I mean? That's not three hours. Pay the comics, man. Pay the comics. Um, Duncan does. Duncan Trussell pays. So if you can't use my Amazon link, use Duncan Trussell's. That money also goes to pay guests. 100 bucks, Not a lot, but a fucking enough to buy a, a, a nice date. Go on a nice date. Um, and, you know, and then I also make sure to put their Twitter account on the website, alreadythegreat.com. I do a webpage, if you don't know, on every single episode of this podcast. I put a webpage out where it shows all the music, shows some details, shows the comics uh, uh, website, maybe some videos of them like last week nick yusuf so you could a link to buy his album on there you know sure i promote the pot the, the 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 comedians but also pay them um so use my amazon link go to ari the it's right there on the right hand side 
Uh, thank you for doing it. If you already have, I appreciate it. And that money goes to uh, not really to pay me, but to make me a f- completely free comedian where I don't have to back down to anybody. I can do what I think is funny. If someone doesn't like it, it's almost always because you're closely associated with that subject. And that doesn't matter to me. It means I'm doing the right thing. I don't want people to hate me, but the result of being bigger is occasionally, you know, people won't like what you do. It's almost always people who have not analyzed the work. So I, I get that now, and, and uh, I don't care. Um, it's almost funny. I read a page of Huck Finn, and so I think Huck Finn should be banned. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Um, that's it, you guys. Thank you very much, Bobby Lee, for tuning in. And seriously, Citibank Field, correct your pro, pro, your fucking your anti guns out program. I don't want to compare it to fucking Nazism, but it's worse than Nazism for sure. For sure, I mean, some of those pictures with the Nazis, those Jews. You know how starved they are. You know how you could see how starved they were. Oh, this is a great point. You know how you say you could see how starved the Jews were, how thin and gaunt they were. Because their guns were out. Because the sun was out and their guns thereby and therefore were out. I got to do another episode of uh, of uh, Dope Meals. Right now I think I might go to fucking Harry and Ida's. No, I'll get a salad. I've been bad. I'm going to go to Bonnaroo and I'm going to eat pretty much only funnel cakes for four days. Um, that's it, you guys. Thank you very much for tuning in. Until next week with Big J Oakers and we do Garbage People. This has been Ari Shafir for episode 267, Door Guys number two with Bobby Lee. Signing out. Silence under shutters. Stillness in the room. Bobby Lee, Bobby Lee. This cave's too dark for me I gotta go out where the wind can find my face And I just hope that you'll see Eventually that I was only trying to roll a stone away Roll a stone away The years and the seasons Tide on the breeze They come and bring their changes So you call them all your enemies Bobby Lee, Bobby Lee I don't think I can breathe And the walls get closer every single day Yeah, it's true, I'm gonna leave I just hope you can believe How hard I really try to roll the stone away Roll that stone away Sorrow comes a knocking But she won't let her inside so she goes away with joy, her little sister But she's looking back And her tracks a tear in her eye And by be